Hello there. You're listening to the Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We will also discuss the long-awaited, much-anticipated Disney Plus series, which brings Ewan McGregor back into his iconic role as the iconic Jedi Master, Obi-Wan Kenobi. A true icon. Indeed. many icons and iconics as you can throw at them. All right, so let's start off with some news. We're going to blast through it, some yay or nays. The blonde teaser trailer starring... Oh, he said right away. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. For those that aren't aware, it's the Netflix... uh, What do they got? So NC-17 is what it's going to be rated. Uh, The Maryland... um, Wait, it's actually going to be rated NC-17? Yeah, didn't you, at the bottom of the thing, at the very end, it had the NC-17 rating. Why? They were going crazy with it, I don't know. All right, then I guess it's yay. I mean, if they're going to go for it. (laughs) I've I've never actually, like, it's been so long since an NC-17 movie has actually been, like, widely released. I know, I've... Like, in this day and age, how how far do you have to go to make something NC-17? That's what I'm saying, because there's a lot of, like, very graphic stuff. That fits yeah. into the like rated R stuff that just gets on like HBO and on Netflix. Yeah. So I am also very curious as to what they could possibly do that makes it an NC-17. Yeah, so I'm going to give it a yay just because that's interesting. I'm giving a yay for that and for Ana de Armas. Um, I do like cool. Ana de Armas. So, yeah, I'm excited the to see what trailer, they do. The teaser trailer just didn't intrigue me that much. It kind of intrigued me. I liked it. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how that how that plays out. Uh, Guy Ritchie, he is going to direct a live-action Hercules film. Uh, he just completed the Aladdin one not too many years ago, and now he's going to do Hercules, bringing that to live-action. Yeah or nay? That is a nay, unless he gets Will Smith to play Hercules, <laughs> and he just slaps all of the monsters. He just slaps them all, <laughs> one by one. He doesn't. He, they don't put any mass on him. They don't make him bulk up at all. He's current day, middle-aged Will Smith, built how he is, just smacking monsters left and right. There you go. Yelling obscenities at them. So I'm not quite sure that'll end up happening. So it's uh, probably going to be in there. A firm nay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Justin Lin, who just stepped away from the Fast X project. He's now going to- Justin stepped away from the Fast project. Nice. Good pun. Got him in there. Guys, hold the applause. (laughs) Hold them back. Thank you, guys. So he is going to direct an adaptation of One Punch Man, which is, you know, that anime that blew up not too long ago. I didn't really watch it. Did you ever watch it? Uh, nope. Oh, well, I thought you were so becoming an anime guy. What happened? That was Stop. like a state. <laughs> I haven't watched anime in a long time. Well, I'm, I'm caught up on Attack on Titan. I uh, stopped watching Demon Slayer and My Hero because I just fell off. And then we've been working on other stuff on the show that isn't anime. That wasn't Attack on Titan, so I just haven't had the time, I guess. I suppose I should watch more anime instead of watching old shows that I've already seen. But uh, I can't help myself. That's all right. You like what you like, but maybe one day soon you will watch the One Punch Man adaptation. Yeah or nay? 
Uh, that's going to be a uh, no comment. I don't really know much about <laughs> Justin Lin, and I know nothing about One Punch Man. So uh, it is what it is. Gotcha. Stranger Things Season 4 Part 2. They released the teaser. Were you able to catch that? I was not. Mm, okay, so that'll be a no comment as well. I What's will funny also be... is I saw it many times this week and meant to click on it and then didn't. <laughs> Tragic. Indeed. Well, maybe you'll catch it sometime soon. Or not at all. I mean, but... it's going to it's gonna come out next Friday. Like the whole, I know. Like both of very so soon. I might as well just wait and watch. I exactly. am excited for Stranger Things Season 4 Part 2 because Stranger Things Season 4 Part 1 was great. Did you get a chance to check it out yet? Absolutely not. Man, you're just jam-packed like me. Well, I am. I can't watch unfortunately, anime. I don't know if I'm going to be able to catch it. And I don't want to get spoiled for big season four finale things. But yeah. I don't know. I just can't fit it in to my schedule right now. But we'll fit it in in the fall when our schedule clears up a bit. I think you'll find time. Maybe. Once, hopefully once it we hasn't get been... past the Better Call Saul stuff. Yeah, hopefully it hasn't been spoiled by that point, though. It uh, be. And finally, Game of Thrones... The there's apparently a sequel series in the works uh, that is focused on Jon Snow that Kit Harrington set into motion. And HBO has not confirmed anything, but Amelia Clark apparently has. And so is George R. R. Martin, who will be working on that in some capacity instead of finishing those books. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Uh, it's a good. I need a break. <laughs> yeah. Yay or nay on this? That's going to be a nay. I don't give a shit. Oh, I just, I just don't. I didn't like the end of Game of Thrones, and I have not thought about Game of Thrones since it came out. I don't think about it regularly. I was never the, a big fan of it overall. Like, I didn't start watching it until the last season was about to come out, and I binge-watched all of it, then watched the last season and was disappointed, and then have not thought about it since. So there was, like, a good six months where I was, like, obsessed with Game of Thrones, and then have not thought about it before then, have not thought about it since then, so I don't care about Game of Thrones at all. Wow. Hardcore. I am interested in that project just because it seems interesting to me that they're going to pick it up from where we ended things off in Game of Thrones. I'm hoping that they're going to just try to focus it more on Jon Snow. I don't know what stories they're exactly going to tell, but I think it could be interesting to, instead of trying to do this huge, massive thing um, that it seems like House of Dragon is going to end up doing, mm -hmm. trying to recapture that same sprawling uh, sort of spirit that Game of Thrones had. This one might be more hyper-focused on a particular character in his journey. So that part does interest me, if that is the direction they go in. We'll have to learn more details as we get closer to that series. But yeah, I'm kind of interested in it. All right. Now, the Ezra Miller escapades. You heard about this stuff? Uh, I haven't heard the latest, so fill me in. We'll, well do a... Have uh, you ever heard that uh, show, Crime Junkies? No, where where the one it's it's basically like recap of a true crime thing where the one per it's the, the joke doesn't work unless you know it, but essentially there's one character there's one person on the show who recaps a true crime and the other person doesn't know anything about it and just adds commentary and I'll be that person. So go ahead. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So uh, reportedly, this comes from Rolling Stone. The actor Ezra Miller is housing a mother and her three children in a gun filled cannabis farm you didn't make this up now when i was writing this i was like it's kind of hilarious because at this point i could just make things up each week and it would honestly it would track it would make sense with everything that's come before it this I is barely, completely like, real 
This my is news real. sources barely like pu- push notifications about Ezra Miller, so I very rarely see anything about it. So you can make up whatever you want, and I would believe you. <laughs> well, at this point, again, no matter how outlandish it gets, it really does fit in with uh, Ezra Miller's behavior over these past few months. So and this is like Ezra the third Miller, month this stuff has happened. Ezra Miller is housing a mother and her three children in a cannabis farm that is allegedly filled with guns. Yes, apparently there's just guns out the wazoo in there. Allegedly, the one-year-old put a loose bullet in her mouth. As one does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, that's some crazy stuff. But again, we're hearing conflicting stories where the mother is who's living there and has those three children there is saying that Ezra is actually just providing sanctuary from her ex who was violent and abusive or whatever so how does he know this woman again i don't know i don't know how he keeps randomly finding these people that somehow always need to get away from their parents or their family or whatever again strange pattern going on there uh so i just i have no clue i still don't know how we keep finding out about these things you would think it all would come out in one rush but somehow three months after the hawaii incidents we're now learning about this it doesn't make any sense to me how this is still escalating and still going on. But apparently that's the latest crazier every week. It just doesn't make sense. It's like a Forrest Gump situation, but where Forrest Gump is like smoking crack and doing crazy shit. (laughs) Exactly. What is happening with Ezra Miller? I don't know. We will have to see how it develops. Again, I didn't think there was more ways that this could get crazier, but each week I'm surprised when I have to write down what went on. So we'll yeah. see you next week if there's any new developments. Yeah. Now let's quickly do the box office breakdown for June 17th to the 19th. Coming in first is Jurassic World Dominion with $59 million. That is a 60% drop, which is decent. And it is at $250 million domestic and $600 million worldwide in only its second weekend. Fist pump. Mm. So a tragedy occurred this past weekend. A wonderful one. A horrible tragedy. A wonderful uh, tragedy. A film on my roster has flopped horribly. Sure, sure did. Lightyear only made fifty point five million at the week in box office, so it fell in second place. It wasn't able to take the crown from Jurassic World Dominion. It only made eighty five million worldwide, which is even more stunning and heartbreaking. I Let can't me believe- ask you something, Ryan. Did you go to the theaters and watch Lightyear last weekend? I didn't. I honestly. Oh <laughs> no! When uh, wow. I was contemplating it on Saturday, because I was like, "Oh no, I need to bump up the numbers for this because it's not looking good." Yeah, but no, I went alone, during the week. You alone need to bump up the numbers. My goodness! After that, coming in third was Top Gun Maverick at forty-four million. That is only a fifteen percent drop. That is the second best fourth weekend behind Avatar. It is now at $466 million domestic and $885 million worldwide, and it will certainly crack the billion-dollar hard deck. That is incredible, and it certainly got the bump because of Father's Day. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of fathers who went with their youngins to go see Top Gun because of their youth and whatnot. A good time mm-hmm. for this movie to come out. Certainly. And again, it has that other holiday that's very apt coming up soon, July 4th. But yeah, a great yes. run for Top Gun Maverick. It keeps getting crazier. We'll talk a bit more about that in the predictions. But Doctor Strange, coming in fourth, holding on there with $4.5 million, has made $405 million domestic, and it is closing in on $950 million worldwide. So a solid performance for Doctor Strange. 
After that was the Bob's Burgers movie with 1.1 million. And now this is a shocking story. So we have the top three, all of them made over 40 million at the weekend box office. Now, like the bottom five of our top 10 made less than 1 million. That's crazy. Yeah. The like disparity there. We have the bad guys the, with 980,000. The box office 000. gap is real. It's, it's getting wider. It's dividing. We need to save the, the middle class of the box office. We do, because, yeah, it is a harsh drop-off. So bad guys with 980,000. Everything ever all at once with 960,000. Downton Abbey with 830,000. Sonic 2 with 229,000. And Brian and Charles, random film, never heard of it, made it in the top 10 with 200,000. I was thinking about going and seeing Brian and Charles. Why? Weekend. You heard of it? It kind of looks cool. It's about a dude and he's friends with a robot that looks like a giant human. And I think it's kind of funny. What? But, I mean, I'll you probably see it at some point. It, you could have got it over me. the 200000 line. Yeah. With uh, my $2,000 worth of tickets. Exactly. Just keep going in. You're like, wow, that's a great movie. I'm just seeing it over and over again. Now it's time for our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend, June 24th to the 26th. Uh, what are your top five predictions? We have a bunch of new movies coming out. We have a couple new movies coming out this weekend. Elvis and The Black Phone are both coming out. And we also have Jurassic World Dominion, Lightyear, and Top Gun Maverick, who are at the top echelon of movies right now, still coming in strong this next weekend. What do you think those five movies are going to end up doing? Yeah, so the top five. Here's what I think is going to be. I think Elvis will come in number one. Really? I think it'll get over $35 million. Okay. It's one of those that, again, it could be a surprise out of nowhere performance like Taco Maverick because, I mean, it's Elvis. It is Elvis. certainly appeals to uh, older audiences in that I think with Taco Maverick, we've seen that they are willing to come out. Mm-hmm. So because Combat it's... that, to, to contradict that, you know, it's Elvis. You know, it might not do that great. You know, it's not Queen. It's not Elton John. It's Elvis. Well, I suppose... But Elvis is undeniably more famous than them. But I'd say the radio play he has is not as significant as them at this point in time. I would say Queen older. is more famous than Elvis. Maybe not Elton John. In in America, Elvis is certainly like everyone knows Elvis. Everybody knows Queen. Everyone knows Queen's songs. Name five Elvis songs. I just told you. I agree with you that Queen's songs are more significant. I, the Elvis person and persona is more significant than Queen. I mean, he was like an American treasure, but I'd say well, Queen is more of a get box office wise. I mean, we'll see. Bohemian Rhapsody made 50 million. What do you think Elvis is going to make? I told you over 35 million. <laughs> ah, but I don't think it'll hit 50. No, I don't think so. But also Bohemian Rhapsody definitely marketed itself more. That also went on a crazy run. I don't know, worldwide. man. Elvis is, is hitting huge numbers with these marketing. Like I see it everywhere. Well, I agree. It's marketing like the first trailer I thought was really good. It was. But it's a like Baz Luhrmann film, so he obviously has a particular style, which may not mesh well with every person in the general audience. It's sure. also a long film. Yeah. Like two hours and 40 minutes. Can't so, uh, again, I don't know. I th- and plus, I mean, we are in post-pandemic times and whatnot, while Bohemian Rhapsody came out in 2019. But, or I think 18. I don't know. One of those two. 2018. 2019? But, oh, shit. Now, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of two. I think oh, it might whatever. be 18. I think Rocket Man came out in nineteen. Um, right. So, yeah, and Rocket Man had twenty five million. Um, so again, it's. It, I think it'll fall somewhere in between there. I don't think it'll have like the power that Bohemian Rhapsody does, especially because its ending was a great, like just a Queen concert. Seeing that play out, I'm not sure, sure Elvis is going to do the same thing there. But I do think because it's Elvis, it'll have to draw at least on opening weekend of 
a lot of those older audiences. So I think it will take the number one spot. I could see it getting over 40 million. It could also not do so great and get like under 30 million, but I'm going to say a safe bet. Let's say 37 million. Let's say that. I think Top Gun 2 is going to come in second. Can't bet against Tom Cruise and Top Gun Maverick. It's been doing a wild run. So I think they're going to get like 32 million. I think Jurassic World Dominion comes in third. Say 28 to 31 million. Mm. I think Lightyear will come in fourth. It'll have a a drop in its second weekend. Sadly, it won't be in the top three. I think uh, 23 to 26 million for that. And then uh, with the Black Phone, I know it's been getting good reviews apparently. Um, And it is a horror film. And I feel like people will want to go out and support that. Um, I mean, Ethan Hawke, Scott Derrickson. So uh, beloved people. So I don't know. I think it could get over 20 million. I'm not sure I'm that confident in it doing so though. I'll say 18 million with Mm -hmm. possibility that gets up to like 21 million. So what's your top five? I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to shake it up a bit. I'm going to say Elvis comes in first. I agree with the price you set it at 35, maybe 40 if it's lucky. I think that's about correct. Mm -hmm. Then I'll agree. Jurassic world dominion will probably get around 30. I think a 50% drop is about right. So I'll agree with you there again. But here's where I'm going to diverge a little bit. Okay. I think you could be right saying Top Gun is third. But I've heard a lot of buzz about Black Phone. Okay. And so I'm thinking Top Gun and Black Phone will be competing for spot three. And the one that doesn't get it spot gets spot four. And then Lightyear comes in last. Is yeah. gonna be my prediction. I don't think Black Phone's gonna come in last. I could be wrong. Mm. We'll see. We will. It's the up. only horror thing out there right now, and it's also getting good reviews. And people who love horror love horror, so they will come out, especially when there's no competition. I agree in the horror genre. So we'll see. I think that's pretty much. I think I think I'm. I think I'm more correct, but we'll see. We will see. In a week, we'll be able to verify that. Uh, Okay, so now we can move on to the main topic of the show, which is on Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show that premiered on Disney Plus over these past six weeks. So just before we get into our deep dive discussion, we'll talk about each of the episodes. Obviously, it'll be spoiler filled. But just to contextualize how we were feeling as we were getting into watching this show. Where does Obi-Wan rank in your Star Wars characters? Because for me, he's my number, he's number one. one. I know he's your number <laughs> one. He's my top ten for sure. I don't know if he cracks top five, though, you know? Really? Love me some Han Solo. Love me some Chewbacca. Love me some R2-D2. Love me some Darth Vader. Love me some Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> love me some Qui-Gon. I honestly like Qui-Gon more than Obi-Wan, even though he's not in it as much. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan's definitely top ten. Like, is he's just definitely hitting. Hitting gotcha. that high nose right there. So, yeah. But, yeah, definitely for me, Obi-Wan. Ah, oh, he's just so good. And Ewan McGregor, especially what he did with him in the prequels. Oh, yeah. Brought him up to a new level. So Wonderful. He was my favorite. And, of course, as you know, he was so much of my favorite that when Solo a Star Wars Story came out and we uh-huh. were getting these ideas of, oh, could certain characters could get their own spinoffs. Could be Yoda. Could be mm-hmm. Darth Vader. Could be Obi-Wan Kenobi. Could be. I was so excited for that prospect that I took it upon myself Mm -hmm. to say, you know what? I'm going to help Disney out. I'm going to write a script for a Kenobi movie. 
that they can use and bring you and McGregor back. Yep. Because at that point, nothing was confirmed yet. And so I was like, oh, I'll write my own little thing. So basically, I wrote a fan fiction of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, you did. And I truly completed it. Like, because I had the idea. Let me ask you, when did you finish writing that first draft? It. I don't remember the exact. It's either like 2018 in the fall or 2019 Ooh, in the fall. And One you never sent it to anybody at Disney? At that point, this show was only in the planning stages. They could have nixed the whole thing and gone in your direction. Well, yeah, it'd be a little hard, tough case for a uh, recent high school graduate, 18 years old, going to Disney and being like, hey, um, I see I wrote a, a script for Kenobi. So can you look at it? Hey, man, look at those two guys from Goodwill Hunting. They won an Oscar. I know. 30 years ago. Which is incredible, impressive. But I don't think they were going to do that for a, <laughs> a billion dollar franchise. With a treasured character. I don't know if they're going to take that chance. But they should have. They should have. Because I'll tell you what. I mean, obviously, like the version of a Kenobi spinoff is the one that I wrote. So the series is interesting. Certain things come up that I did. Um, and then other things, they took it entirely different directions. And of course, because I had my own preferred version that I put down on the page of the script I wrote. I was like, mm, I don't know if I do that. Don't feel like that route. But, yeah, it is fascinating that <laughs> the series always had an uphill battle, um, especially because they made it not a movie, a show on Disney+. Six-hour show. But not it's even just, really six hours. Like, it's what like it, 5.20, Is it, though? Because no episode was an hour. And then you yeah, factor maybe in the it was, credits. Maybe it was just five hours. One was like a 35-minute thing. So, yeah, I don't even know it cracks five hours. Um, which again is like this could have been a movie should have been a movie there are multiple points during the episodes where i'm like wow wouldn't that have been great on the big screen so that also torqued me out that they didn't give kenobi his due on the big screen yeah very frustrating because he deserves it and especially the things they do in this bring back hayden christensen in addition to ewan mcgregor bring back qui-gon Jin. Like, come on um but yeah so what were your expectations and your hype level going into this show. I'll be honest with you, Ryan. I did expect something good. And uh, <laughs> my expectations were not met. I'm, no. uh, I'm taking the gloves off. I'm coming in strong on this review. As I said previously, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more confident in my reviewing. Mm-hmm. So when I don't like something, I don't like it. And uh, let me tell you, bucko. <laughs> I didn't like this show. I uh, I had a lot of hype going into it. I thought at the very least I'd have a really good time. There'd be some cool stuff going on with uh, the conflict between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. And I got a little bit of that. But overall, the whole Inquisitors, the whole of the Inquisitors, and the whole of the main plot was so lackluster. So frustratingly disappointing that any kind of fight that Obi-Wan could have with Darth Vader was pretty much sullied. By the time those two fights happened, Mm -hmm. just bottom of the barrel, just could not have been more disappointing. I think like if they had made it any worse, it would have been so bad that it would have been fun. (laughs) They like made it just the right amount of bad to where it's just bad and there's nothing they could do about it. And that sucks. And man, I was just real disappointed. I mean, Star Wars has never been known for like, fantastic writing 
Right. You know, it's never been huge in the writing game. George Lucas is not a great dialogue writer. He's just really good at coming up with really good ideas that look really, really good and are super, super cool. Mm -hmm. And the only times where Star Wars is like overwhelmingly exceeded in writing is like the Clone Wars or Mandalorian. I was really hoping Obi-Wan could be added to that list of things that is exceedingly awesome in writing. But it didn't. It just I know. It just didn't. And and so I tried to focus on other parts of it and be like, okay, maybe it can be like the prequels where the writing's not great, but at least it sets up something cool, which is the original trilogy, or maybe it uh acts as a good vessel for us to catch up on Obi-Wan at the very least. And it really didn't. And I'm like, all right, well, at least it'll give us some cool lightsaber fights, which it only kind of did and not even really. And that kind of sucks. Wow. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much my (laughs) thoughts on the Kenobi series very briefly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we'll dig in more to our gripes um, and specific things that we did find enjoyment in. And then a lot of the very silly, very stupid decisions they made that just... Uh, so many times it's like irrespective of like the own my own take on Kenobi that it would have done and would have wanted to see play out on screen the direction that they ended up going in okay that's fine that's fair but then the way that they try to handle it they drop the ball so many times with the own direction that they take and it's like I don't understand why like how that came to be especially if they wanted to make it a television series and you'd think there's a lot more that they're able to dig into character wise Mm -hmm. and lore wise. And they avert so far away from Kenobi in the show, but then we still don't even really get enough time with the other characters that they try to introduce to make us really feel for them. Um, never have a really good fleshed out arc for any of the characters, which really sucks. Right. For sure. Okay. So let's go ahead and get into episode one of Kenobi. Or Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's another gripe. They should have called it Kenobi, a Star Wars story. Which they would have if it were a movie. But instead they made a show and they called it Obi-Wan Kenobi. Which is whatever. Uh, Okay, so it opens up with Order 66. And I thought that was pretty cool getting to go back and see that. It was a great Um, intro, yeah. I was like, when I watched that with Fernando, we started up and I was like, man, this is going to be a really good show. This is already, you know, epic. We're starting Mm -hmm. with Coruscant, which we haven't seen since the prequels. The Order 66 tech, which you haven't seen since the prequels. Clones done in this style, which you haven't seen since the prequels. Mm-hmm. And the Clone Wars series. This is awesome. This is everything I wanted. And then it got worse. <laughs> Strong start. And then it, you know, sort of The first out. five minutes of this overall six-hour series was really good. Right. The rest I of think, it, not so much. I think episode one, there are a lot of parts of it that I did enjoy. One part that I was curious sure. about, I did like the... Like the cold open of Order 66. Of course. But I was also like, why are we opening on something that isn't Kenobi in a show called Kenobi? Sure. And then after that, we have the Inquisitor scene, which, again, I like the idea of it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, parts of the execution and the dialogue and some of the performance of it made it fall a little bit more flat. I liked uh, Rupert Friend as the Grand Inquisitor. I thought he was actually really good in the show and i liked his speech that he gives in this scene what i don't like is when reva cuts him off and like throws the knife and and stuff like that and then they do a thing in the show and it starts right here in the scene 
but they do a chase scene, but it's not really a, a chase. He just kind of gets away <laughs> very easily. Like, they're supposed to be the Inquisitors. They gave up immediately. He ran away and then got a good 40 feet away, and they're like, ah, he's just so far, and I haven't stretched yet. I guess I'll just, we'll get him later. We'll get him later, guys. It's fine. We'll find him. What right. are you doing? What? Yeah. It's so dumb. I don't really remember that part. Was was that the reason they just, like, gave up, or wasn't he trying to lambast Reva, and, like, that was part of why he got away? Because she was yeah. going to, like do something he was no, like no, they no, fight no. and then i think maybe he force pushes her a little bit and then knocks down the awning that's in front of the cantina and then runs away and so the awning is like kind of in the way but it's like you could walk around it and then they just don't <laughs> wow okay so yeah not great <laughs> not no, a great not start at all. to contrivances of it's which definitely like you that. could keep going and you're just making the characters not because you just don't have it in the budget to do a full chase but you right. can write it in a way where he does get away in this scene and there's no way for them to chase him. You could have done that and you just chose not to because maybe you're tired. I don't know. Yeah, a little, a little strange. Uh, but then after 11 minutes, I counted into the show, we finally get to see our look at Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't and mind I like, waiting that long. I say what? You I don't didn't mind, mind it? waiting that long, yeah. I was just like, he could have showed us this in the beginning. But whatever. When we got to see him, I enjoyed what we got to see. I liked him being isolated and off working this like menial job yeah um, and then yeah him just essentially being this craggy isolated old man alone uh only really being able to talk with the java that comes in which i thought that was a very cool scene um but i like the direction they have of okay we're starting out with a very defeated obi-wan kenobi mm -hmm. he's cut himself off from the force he is not trying to do any of the Jedi things. So we see when he rebukes that uh, that Jedi that comes up to him, which I don't know how he found Obi-Wan, but he finds him and he's like, hey, help me do this, this, and that. And I thought he was just going to completely be like, oh, I'm not Obi-Wan. It's not the person you're looking for. But he mm -hmm. did like drop the veil and was like, hey, just listen to me. You need to forget this. Just go and hide, protect yourself. Um, so I like that at the least they showed that he was still willing to give some help and advice, even if it's not like, Oh, I'm going to help you fight the inquisitors or do whatever. Yeah. I'm still going to like look out for you um, in the best way I can, which is to say wise up and get out of this mess. Uh, and then that Jedi does not. And then he gets killed. He gets hanged from the like town square. And when they started on that shot from his feet and started going up, I was like, there's no way in this show and a Disney plus show, they're going to show him just hanging from a rope. They didn't. He was like tied up from the rest of his body but still kind of crazy that they had that image yeah. and i was like nice i like this i like the direction going in of showing the true horrors of empire and inquisitors and kenobi having to see this is the world that has been left by like my failures so i liked the way they set that up yeah sure. uh, and all the guilt and you know defeatedness that he feels yeah it's all right it sets up a good plot for Obi-Wan to have a good arc for him to have in terms of coming to terms with what happened in the prequels and accepting that even if he did fail, you know, he can still make things right in a way. But then they don't carry through on that arc, but we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good and then setup. the first episode, I think, is my favorite. Like, it's a good setup. And I thought, like, it's not the best, but at least it'll get better. And then it didn't, which is bad. 
but True. it's good. It's decent setup. Like it sets up the plot of the show pretty well. Right. Another good idea that I thought they had that in the execution of it, in the writing, and in the performances that just didn't land was the whole idea of this uh, tension between the Inquisitors, one who is really hard headed, really trying to get at uh, Kenobi in particular, while all the others are against uh, against them because of how they were brought into the Inquisitorship, and then also because they don't like her uh, vying for the power that they have and trying to go out of her way to like make a name for herself. I like the idea of that. Sure. But the way that they have it with the uh, with Riva and the Grand Inquisitor and then the second brother, third brother, what's his name? I don't know. The other one. Yeah, um, third brother, I think. Yeah. In the way that they have that play out, it just felt so basic and bland. Like they were just hitting the most basic beats they could to develop in quotation marks develop that uh that idea but they're not really really yeah it's like there but it wasn't that compelling despite the fact that the idea like on the surface i do like that idea i think it's an interesting way to showcase these inquisitors and then it could be an entry point for us to be fascinated by one of the inquisitors that we see is really hell-bent on getting at kenobi and now we're like oh this is someone to truly look out for but the other issue is, at least in this first episode, when she was doing the threatening of mm-hmm. Owen in the town square, I thought I thought the way they approached it was fairly good. But the again, the execution of it, I just wasn't intimidated by her at all. Yeah, that's not just this episode. She's just not very intimidating. In the third, of, or I think in the fourth episode as well, during the interrogation stuff, yeah, it also was like, it just didn't work. And we'll talk about that. There was a, a whole controversy thing of i mean which to be expected sadly at this point with star wars um because she's portrayed by a black actress she was getting a bunch of racist comments and whatnot before the show even started um which is horrible and so yeah obviously that's awful i'm glad that star wars and then you and mcgregor as well like their official accounts they were saying this is awful and you suck if you are sending these hateful things to her you are not a star wars fan love that that's great yeah People should be able to criticize the character and the performance without going after the actual like person, yeah. the I mean, actress it's just, himself. It's just shitty writing. It has nothing to do with the fact that she's black. Exactly. Yeah. So I just that's very frustrating that her being like, a white lot of, wouldn't make the writing better. Exactly. So it's frustrating that a lot of the flack um, that was like being sent that way and towards the show was just stupid racist nonsense that we've seen since like John Boyega and Kelly Marie Tran in the new um, sequels. So that's unfortunate as always. Um, But yeah, it, it is also unfortunate that this character isn't that well-written and at times isn't portrayed. There's some times where I think her acting is really good and really believable. And we'll, I'll mention those as we get to them. But yeah, at this part, it's just some of the times when she's trying to be intimidating, it feels like that, like someone's very much, pretending to take on this role of this big intimidating villain and it just didn't work which is a yeah. problem for the main quote-unquote main antagonist besides vader that you have in this for sure um, but yeah so uh one thing that was super cool bail organa he returns oh yeah i love jimmy smith jimmy smith love yeah it. he's amazing so that was great getting to see that that was a nice surprise 
And of course, that uh, comes in tandem with their surprise appearance of Leia. Little oh, yeah. girl Leia. She's in this, and that's like the impetus for bringing Kenobi off of Tatooine as she gets kidnapped. Mm. And then he has to go and save her because Bail Organa first sends message and then he comes in person and is like, Kenobi, please, you're the only one that can do this. You're the only one I trust to do this. So what do you think of the decision to bring in Leia to the series? Have that be the reason that he gets off world? And what do you think of this initial introduction to little girl Leia? I mean, I don't mind. It's It does two things. It gets Obi-Wan off world, which plot-wise makes sense. If the action takes place on Tatooine, then you have, you have a whole 10 years where he's hiding on Tatooine and somehow nobody knows he's there, even though you have this whole event happening there. Mm-hmm. And he's got to leave Tatooine for whatever reason. And two, it gets him and Leia to interact, which which means it makes sense for her to call upon him in A New Hope. So like you establish that connection that later comes back in the very first movie. So but right right off the bat, that is a good, you know, check mark. Like you came up with a good idea. Great. I just wish they had followed through on it better. But the whole idea is that Leia is sheltered and she wants to explore because she thinks she's very naive. She doesn't understand the empire and the worlds and like what really happened because she wasn't born yet. So she's very naive. And like the whole her whole arc is that she's going to learn the lesson and wisen up and be tough. But at the same time, they also kind of already make her tough. They already make her like very like strong character, which also makes sense. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's all right. Like the setup here, I think is fine. What's not good is the chase. You yeah. didn't like this either. Dude, when, it's when just she gets so bad. It's so bad. I can't believe they let this get through the editing room. I can't believe everyone signed off on this. It they should, should have so shot bad. it better. They should have shot it better. I don't mind the idea of her running away and them not being able to catch her for a bit. But the way they shot it made it look like they were just incompetent idiots who couldn't grab a child. Which was insane. That was right in front of them. And like, my, issue, my issue as well is she just... Like, she's a little kid. She looks, again, they're saying she's like 10. I don't know if she was 10 when they were filming this or whatnot, because she looks a few years younger than that. And she just, she's so tiny. There's no way she can run fast at all. And so it would have been over. It would have been like a 10-second chase scene, realistically, which is why I'm like, just don't have the chase scene. So have her start to do that, which, okay, that gives us the character trait of, all right, she's willing to fight back and whatnot. Um, but don't do this chase scene that, anyway ends up in her getting caught but then as you said makes these people look like incompetent idiots that can't catch a child and then it also just looks laughably bad for mm. everyone watching it wasn't exciting it was just silly i'm in disagreement with you i'm in disagreement with you i think it could, they could have pulled off a chase and i think it would have been fine it's just the way they shot it didn't work i mean that you have shots of her like running under a tree branch and then the bad guy's coming up and there's like one little tree branch in the way and he goes, ah, darn, I can't keep going forward because there's a singular tree branch in the way. I know. Shots of like a very wide shot of them clearly slowing down so that they can't intentionally grab her so that the scene can go on. That's Mm -hmm. just bad shooting choices and they should have seen it and been, they should have A, not shot like that and B, if they did shoot it, at least catch it in the edit and be like, this looks bad, we should do something different. Why don't we just get to the part where Flea threatens her and then we can just cut away from it and the implications that she's kidnapped. Right. Like you could fix that in the edit. Also, do you know who Flea is? Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, isn't that weird? It's very weird. Um, I kind of liked him though. I thought he was pretty good. I guess it was all right. But 
yeah, a little strange to see him show up there. Uh, but yeah, so overall, the first episode, I like a lot of what they do and what they try to set up. Sometimes the execution is a little wonky, but I did very much enjoy that start to it. Yeah, um, I was I was at the very least invested and ready. Like I was like, if it gets better, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk about episode two. So in this one, I really didn't write a lot of the talking points, and I because we, we go to this one world. I forget what they call it, but yeah, I don't even know if it's like it. a city. Um, yeah. and then we have the Camille Nanjiani character, which I did like that. I knew from the opening second what they were gonna end up doing with him, but I thought it was a pretty cool uh, thing to show, like someone who on the surface looks like he's he's helping out. Oh my god, this is a great Jedi! Finally, we see someone else. But then he's actually just low-key scamming them. But turns out he's actually kind of helping them. He's just doing it for money and profiting off of it. Um, yeah. But I like that they they had that small little arc for that character, or at least that we get to see there's more um, than we initially expect to him. So I like that. Um, and I generally like the idea of, okay, they're on this world, and then all these forces are closing in the Inquisitors, and then... There's a bunch of bounty hunters there, and they're all mm. going to find out uh, that Kenobi's here. Here's my problem. Once again, we have another Leia chase scene. Yeah. Which I also think is horrible. Again, again. Yeah. I was like, I put in the nose, is this chick Usain Bolt? Because how is nobody grabbing her? It's just silly. It's just, I don't understand yeah. it. So I think they should have not done this too. But also during that whole chase, I mean, wouldn't people know, like when they put the order out, when Reva put the order out, wouldn't it? They also say like, "Oh, is with a little girl." Um, yeah, you'd think that they probably would have had like some sort of photo of since she's like an actual princess somewhere. So there has to be some clear ID. It makes no sense that people wouldn't immediately see that and be able to like swarm them. Well, I think in- you could argue out of that and saying that Reva probably doesn't want to be associated with the kidnapping of the daughter of a galactic senator, even if she is part of the Empire and could probably get away with it. It's probably best if that part was kept a secret. Right, but then they take Leia to the. It would have been better if she was like, later. if she was like, kill this person and kidnap this do- this girl, or take this girl because she's been kidnapped by Obi Wan. That could be interesting. That would have been cool. You know what? That, that would, would be good writing. Yeah. But you know what? I did a thing right now where <laughs> in allowed. ten seconds I created a better plot than the writers of Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be doing that yeah. a lot this episode. I did it a few years before in a whole yeah, script. You did. Um, we're, so already, the, we're already two years ahead of them. <laughs> so the Riva parkour scene, which I thought was also very silly. Again, it was unnecessary. It looked kind of dumb in some places. Like you can obviously tell she's on wires. She's doing the backflip. There's so many things in like some of these live action Star Wars things where I can't tell how powerful anybody is at any moment because they don't come up with how consistently powerful each character should be. I'm like, you're trying to make Reva the main villain other than Darth Vader of this series. I don't know how powerful she is. Mm-hmm. She doesn't seem that powerful because she's not very intimidating. But the position that she's in, I know how powerful Inquisitors typically are. But she's just doing parkour and like screaming a lot. She's not actually <laughs> yeah. doing much. She's not actually that scary. So and she doesn't. And then when she fights people, she doesn't actually seem like she's that good. Right. So then what's the point, I suppose? You have to like define you have to like you it sucks to say this, but you have to make a tier list of your characters <laughs> so you know which ones are powerful and which ones aren't, and then you also have to clearly define what they can and can't do as characters. 
And like, you should know that a scene of her just doing parkour isn't going to make her look scary and powerful. It's just going to look stupid. Right. Yeah, it was just, it was unnecessary. I don't know why they threw that in there. And later in the episode, they also do more of a disservice to her and her character of, she just felt like a campy Saturday morning cartoon villain. That's where she's literally screaming at a ship leaving. She's literally waving her lightsaber and going like, no, like yelling at it. As if you can't use the force. Well, sure. But I understand it's probably hard to pull in a ship using the force. But I mean, we've seen Luke in his first. Like, I don't know. I feel like like it's believable that she would try. Maybe try and she's supposed to like like, if she tried and then didn't succeed, that would make sense. Like, I mean, she's. An Inquisitor, it's at least worth a shot to use your powers. Uh, maybe. But yeah, I think they've done well to establish that that is like an incredible feat that only very few people should be able to accomplish and even think would be worthy of trying. So yeah, I don't know if it, I'd want her to like actually try that. I feel but, like there's so many things that are conflicting. Like I see scenes in this where like Obi-Wan's supposed to be powerful. I mean, Anakin's supposed to be powerful because he's taking down a ship. But then I've also seen like, like non-mainstream Star Wars stuff, like the the Force Awakens game where Star Killer is pulling down a, an entire Star Destroyer into a planet, or right. like uh, what's another good example? Uh, in the comics, when Darth Vader is surrounded by like a thousand Rebel troops and he just slams his lightsaber into the ground and like the whole Earth shatters around him and just kills them all. Like I've seen such powerful things. And, like, the powerful things they do in here don't seem very powerful by comparison. Right. Yeah, I think that's probably an issue of just different authors, different creators with each of those properties. And they're like, oh, I'm going to do something cool, something different, something that has been seen. So they do that and they get out of hand with it. Um, so yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine this character, if she, instead of did parkour, they cut from her being on the one roof to her being in like approaching obi-wan and he's still trying to fight off all of these bounty hunters and he's still trying to save leia from falling and then the bounty hunters start getting in her way so she starts just slinging the lightsaber around and killing them all for getting in her way and then she grabs obi-wan with the force and lifts him up and he's still trying to hold on like like they just up the stakes there's no stakes there's no stakes ryan he wants challenging is happening i want stakes (laughs) he's hungry he wants stakes the yeah i agree that they definitely could have done better with that um, I did like at least how he has to use the Force Kenobi does to save Leia as she falls. I thought it was a little crazy how in the whole episode she like completely was mistrusting of Kenobi. And was like, oh my god, this is all your fault. Again, I guess they had to do that because they were like, okay, we need to have her running. And then that builds up this part where she's still trying to leave, like jump roofs and, while a gun battle is going on behind her. But okay, so she thinks that's a good idea, tries it, and then doesn't work out. And so he has to save her, and that's him unlocking the force a bit. So I like that they did that. Um, but you're right. If we saw much more clearly Rava coming up and slashing down these people, and as she's closing in, that would have been a bit more frightening. Also, it was kind of dumb how Camille Nanjiani's character, like, he goes to her and then gets the Jedi mind trick of the information getting pulled out of him which he didn't need to do. All he needed to do was just stay away or try and take pop shots at her from afar and yeah. away try to go down and confront her personally. I also then, think it's dumb, A, that she could have used that trick on Owen in the episode previous and didn't. True. She could have done that to Owen and, and then found out that Obi-Wan was right around the corner 
watching the whole thing and she mm-hmm. didn't. And then two, just let Kumail Nanjiani go. And Kumail Nanjiani walks away and helps Obi-Wan. I know, which is insane. Given other things that she does uh, later on, like earlier. Like you're not actually a bad guy. Well, again, they like try to make her because she wanted to go after that one Jedi is partially, certainly was a part of capturing him and then hanging him up in the town square. So that one Jedi, that death is on her. Cutting off that one woman's hand in the town square is on her. Um, She doesn't really do anything villainous for the rest of the show. I don't think she kills anybody. No, well, she does. She At kills least... Wade. <laughs> Wade, the greatest oh, Star Wars you're character. right. Wade. <sighs> Wade didn't make it. <laughs> it was like, who? Why are we spending time in this? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she does kill that person, tries to torture Leia, but then also was like, not nah, trying to torture Leia. We'll get to that. But again, it's they tried to strike a balance where they were they knew what the end game was, which was to redeem her, or at least just not have her go all out. Villainous. And then they also didn't want to like not make her scary at all. So they have to have her do some actions that are bad. It was just, but yeah, like leaving Camille on Johnny, why would she do that at all? Um, especially if her goal is to get close to Vader and she seems willing to cut off people's hands and threaten people and let certain Jedi die or be a part of them dying or outright killing pilots. Um, so I don't know why she would draw the line. Like why is she drawing the line at the areas that she does? It's just for plot reasons. It's because we need Camille Nanjiani to come back because we don't want to just bring him on for one episode. Like that's why they did it, which it doesn't make for very satisfying writing because we know everything's getting done, not because of the characters and their characterization and actual motivations, but because we just need this to happen because it needs to happen, which is sad. And another instance of that is the Grand Inquisitor getting stabbed. But yet he lives because he has to come back for the animated Star Wars Rebels show. So he yeah, can't I thought that was dumb. <laughs> I thought that was pretty stupid. I mean, I guess, I guess it was bound to happen, and I'm not surprised they did it. But I thought it was dumb. They did it for <laughs> plot reasons, and they were like, "Oh, oh, wait, we can't kill him because he comes back in something else." I guess we'll just bring him back later. Like it doesn't even matter. Who cares? Right. So, they said yeah. it needed to be done. They didn't say it needed to be good. Exactly. And then we get to see a tease for Vader at the very end, him getting assembled in a suit, which is pretty cool. A nice way to build up for episode three. So now let's talk about it. Episode three. Some major things happen in this one. I like that we get to see his palace on, I believe it's on Mustafar, right? Uh, That's a good question. I think canonically it is. um, But it's a big old lava planet. So I like that they did that. That was something from the comics. Sure. Whatever it is. Um, I think it's actually the palace. But. Uh, Kenobi, I like his little talk with Leia about the Force, him saying it's like turning a light on and feeling safe. I feel like we could have gotten a little bit more into that, but, you yeah. know. Okay. Nah, barely. <laughs> um, I like the little hallucination of Anakin in the field. At this point, I didn't know why we were wasting Hayden Christensen so much. He does get used more later on. Yeah. Um, so that ended up being fine. Um, oh, they set up a hello there. When she was like, aren't you going to say hello? And Obi-Wan was like, hello. And I was I was like, how could they have done this? How dare they? Yeah. But, but also, they also in the end. you missed it. They did another Leia chase in this episode where Leia runs away from Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan says, come back, Leia, and then chases her, but doesn't really catch up to her, even though he's a grown man with long legs. 
another chase wait another when she runs chase. up to the little yeah truck. the the truck is coming by and she runs to it and he goes wait leia and then tries to chase her <laughs> but you can see you and you can physically see you and mcgregor slowing down so that he can't actually catch her because he physically is able to do it but it doesn't work in the plot i just don't know why they want leia to be this like all-star track runner i don't yeah. get it um, but wait 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 before we move on i forgot to say in episode two do you know who plays the the uh girl in the beginning who approaches obi-wan kenobi the spice dealer absolutely not it's ewan mcgregor's daughter oh that's cool yeah, but she also has the line, I was once someone's daughter, too. Oh, that's so sweet. That's pretty that's nice. interesting. I like that they did that. Um, interesting. The, uh, let's see, what else we got here? Oh, yeah, the hitchhiking with Freck. <laughs> I like that character. He's I, like Zach Braff. Yeah. I thought it was funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was um, funny that it was a giant mole, but it just sounded like Zach Braff. <laughs> like, they didn't do anything to the voice. At least when Simon, Play- Simon Pegg played a character in... Uh, What's it called? Force Awakens. They at least did something to his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one was just straight Zach Braff. It was just Zach Braff. When they were doing the thing of talking about the family, um, initially I was like, that's kind of dumb that Kenobi would mess up and call her Leia. Um, I'm sorry. Call her by the actual name. My wife's name. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, the way they save it, at least they had Kenobi save it. Um, and I thought that was okay. Because then it ties into the idea of like, that's oh, she looks so much so like her mother. Cheesy. No, I liked it. It was, was sentimental. So it was cheesy. sweet. It was sweet. It was I enjoyed cheesy. it. Bro, it's Star Wars. It's full that of part cheddar. I was... So cheesy. That's all right. That's all right. Um, okay, here's what I thought was another dumb thing. So the Imperial checkpoint. Yes. Uh, number one, if Kenobi's going to end up taking them all down anyway, why would you wait until the droid recognizes you and then sends the alert? Uh, because plot, that was why. Um so then that happens, and he starts destroying them all. Uh, he also used Freck as a body shield at one point, which I was like, oh, that's kind of sad. Thankfully, yeah. he didn't get shot. It'd be crazy if we see him just go down. Um, but okay, so he does that. Then they go through the gate, and then now this new... No, 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 no you're, you're going too far. First off, he takes the time to shoot down the laser for the gate, the gate that he could have walked around. Yes. Could have walked oh. around it, but took the time to shoot it out to blow out the laser. You think, oh, he's probably going to take the, the big truck because obviously he's not going to walk. Why would he walk? Mm-hmm. He walks. <laughs> he could have walked around it, but he continues to walk on the road that leads to an Imperial airfield. What are you doing, Kenobi? What is wrong with you? Yeah, not not the smartest choice. Uh, You're not the then... smartest general out there, are you? Which is that? Because he's supposed to be wise and smart as general and tactical. Uh, So anyway, then the a new like shipment of uh, stormtroopers comes out, and then immediately he bows down and gets Leia down. But he's still holding the gun. So they the Imperial officers are like, "Get down on your knees, get down!" But they don't say, "Hey, drop your weapon or throw your weapon to the side." So he's still holding it. But at this point, I don't know why he would even entertain the idea of getting down on his knees. Just do what you did with the other ones and just start shooting them right away. Like, that worked fine with the other ones. All you have to do, force push two of them, shoot one, shoot the officer, and then get the ones on the ground. The only reason we did that is because we wanted the reveal of, oh, the officer is on our side. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense character-wise that Kenobi would even get down on his knees. Because they totally could have just shot him. He's a wanted dude. They don't know what happened. They see dead stormtroopers. They think it's an active situation. They would have come up and started blasting. He should have been anticipating that and should have been blasting in return. 
It's just I, they make these decisions that compromise the character and the logic of it just to have these quote unquote cool moments or plot progressions. It's like, come on, just do better than that. Do better. And then in the ending, we have a lot of these moments of stupidness uh, wrapped up in other things that are really cool. So Vader, when he comes down and he's yeah. marching through the town square and he's just offing uh, these random citizens. Yeah. That was cool. Because it was scary. Cool. It was shocking. We see that his power. That was seeing he's... a character's power done well. And I'm actually threatened by him. Because it's like he's killing all these people and he's doing it graphically. But it's like it's like spreading butter on a piece of toast for him. It's just so <laughs> easy. So smooth. So practiced. Like that's scary. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it works. That was really well done. And I like how we see Kenobi being afraid of that as he's coming out here's Could what i don't imagine like if darth vader's entrance was him standing on top of a building looking menacing and then he just starts doing parkour <laughs> it would and be funny shakes his fist at obi-wan going away. kenobi i know yeah uh so that was that was not great um kenobi if he was already planning at this point to yeah. stall so that leia can go through the um like the underground railroad for jedi <laughs> he's He's already like made up his mind on that. He already knows he's going to have to face Vader in order to draw him out. So I don't know why he continues to wait there as Vader mm-hmm. just kills these innocent people. Yeah. Like that to me is just I don't I don't like that. I feel like he would have like draw him away now. Like do it immediately. Once you see him start killing the people and you're like, oh snap, he's gonna keep doing this to draw me out. Okay, draw him away so that you save those innocent lives, you get his focus off of them, and you're still stalling for Leia. I don't know why he sat there and watched from the window for so long. They should have done uh, uh, cutting back to like flashbacks of him seeing Anakin so that he's like paralyzed in fear as he's watching this. So you get like the sense that he's like traumatized and he's like going through like a traumatic episode. And so he's mm-hmm. like paralyzed and can't move because of that. That would have right. made more sense. But he's just kind of standing there watching and then he does something. But can yeah. we talk about first very quickly how poorly designed that Underground Railroad for Jedis is. <laughs> It's one tunnel, right? Is it one tunnel? Because the woman runs back, but Reva is also going forward, but sure. they don't cross paths. Yeah, that makes no sense, which, yeah, we'll get to that. It's amazing how Reva shows up, and then she's able to get to the end of that tunnel before Leia does, yeah. despite the fact that there should be no other way besides that one specific and tunnel. And also, she doesn't run into the to the Empire spy. Like, if it's one tunnel, it doesn't Ola, make sense. Yeah. And they don't shoot it in a way where it seems like it's weaving tunnels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That again, would make just, more sense. She ends up at the end because she has to, because she has to capture Leia again. It's just dumb. They're they're like, it seems like they're writing out the general beats for what's supposed to happen and then trying to connect one beat to the next beat with the laziest way possible. Yes. Agreed. Uh, and here's another thing that really made me angry. Tell me. So we see that they're out in like these... I don't know what they are, but it's in like a sandy area. Now they're away from the town. Um, we see Vader coming up as Kenobi sees him, which was a pretty cool scene. The way he, we can just see like the buttons, like the green lights on his suit mm-hmm. as he's emerging from the shadows. I thought yeah. that was cool. And then here we have Vader and Kenobi face to face for the first time since it all went down on Mustafar. For us, first time seeing these two guys together since way back then as well 17 years at this point and what happens kenobi just runs he runs the other way i cannot believe that they did that it was so 
anticlimactic, so stupid, yeah. so silly. And you were telling me when we talked about this uh, like a week ago, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that was a bit. They were doing it for a comedic bit. And I was like, I just can't believe that somebody, people, multiple people in the writer's room said, you know, it'd be a great way to finish off or cap off this first meeting of Vader and Kenobi ever. First time they see each other after all that stuff went down. Let's just play it for last and have someone run off screen. Like a little scaredy cat weakling. I'm like, I'm what? Gonna, I'm going to pull it up right now and rewatch it. <laughs> Do it. I but, have a, a video clip that's all Darth Vader scenes from Obi-Wan episode three. I'm mm-hmm. scrolling through. I think I've gone I'm just saying... Far. Like, I don't like, I guess that's a possibility, but I'm like, why would you do that? For me, I was thinking, oh, so he's, he's trying to stall. But again, if you just have him do more of a cat and mouse chase where he's like snaking through those dunes and whatnot, and Vader's on his, uh, like on his tail, but they don't come face to face until we're ready to actually see them fight. Don't have him see Vader and then just run away. Oh, this is just couldn't believe they did that. This is a stupid YouTube video. They just show only shots of Darth Vader. <laughs> Any shot that Darth Vader is in is in in episode three. Yeah, that was a bad clip. Here we go. It was just silly. And then when we get to their actual duel, again, this is a moment that should have been on the big screen, not something that should be in our living rooms or in our couches watching that go down. Mm-hmm. should have been on the big screen. And it shouldn't have been... Uh, eased into with Kenobi running away the other direction. Just can't believe it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Hang on, I'm getting an ad for a sperm donor thing. Oh, wow. YouTube is wild now, huh? Yeah, what were your searches lately? Is that a targeted ad? Are you trying to to make some money on the side? Um, So yeah, that was dumb. And then, so we see a brief fight. It was okay, not great, I guess, because they were anticipating the true finale, which would be another fight. Uh, so then Vader's burning up Kenobi, which I think is a good idea of him, like trying to inflict the same pain that he felt from the whole stuff on Mustafar. I was like, okay, but you're, you gotta be careful with the cannon here. Cause we know that Kenobi doesn't end up horribly scarred, um, right with flame scars and whatnot. So they, he was in there for a long time. Like I feel like he would have been burnt up way more than he ended up being burnt, but okay. that's fine. Whatever they stop. Or he puts out the fire. And then Tala is there. And she's like, I need to save Kenobi. How yeah, am I going to do this? On this? How is she going to save Kenobi? What does she do? What is a great way to save somebody that was just in a fire pit and Vader is standing not too far from him? She shoots the fire pit again, ignites it on fire when Kenobi should still be in it. He's still in it. And then, then she's able to go and just retrieve Kenobi. Yeah. Why he didn't just put out the fire again? He could <laughs> just put out the fucking fire again. He did it once. Why can't he do it twice? It doesn't make sense. And why the... would you just relight the fire that he already he put on and then put back off? Yeah. The only reason that could be logical is Vader is like, this is clearly not Kenobi at his best. I want to best the prime version of Kenobi. So I'm going to let him get away so that he can train and get better and then i'll fight him and then i'll defeat him and then truly i will show that i am far better yeah maybe that's if something they had done i can a believe. line where like the stormtroopers were still firing and then vader was like cease fire let him go and then like they got away then i'd be like okay he's doing it intentionally that makes right. sense and then you could do a bit where he like he like does a speech to reva where he's like he's not the obi-wan i once knew 
I can't beat him like that. It's not worth it. Exactly. Had they done that, I think that would have worked. But as they played it, then it just sort of seems he's like, oh, well, he's on the other side of the fire. I can't get him. Bro, I I pulled up the shot. It's so bad. It's as if it's as if there was just a shot of him running away. It's it's like it's like one of those parody videos you see, like someone's making fun of Star Wars where they like take a clip of Obi-Wan running and they add Darth Vader in it to make it look like Obi-Wan scared of Darth Vader. Like it's a still image of Darth Vader standing there with the lightsaber out. And then in the background underneath the lightsaber is Obi-Wan standing there and then he just runs away. Like it looks like somebody made something to make fun of Star Wars. It does. But they didn't. But it was them actually doing it. I just yeah. can't believe it. it was just, just so dumb, so silly, so stupid. And again, it never even like it doesn't even pay off. No, nope. he did that whole thing in order to stall for Leia, and then Leia isn't even isn't even able to get off because somehow Rave is able to teleport to the end of the tunnel. Um, so silly, so silly. Um, okay, so moving on to episode four. So in this one. We get to see the opening is a nice little parallel between Vader and Kenobi. They're both healing in a back to tank. I thought that was pretty cool. I think they could have done more with like some of the flashbacks, but okay. Yeah. Again, I I wrote in the notes because I wrote as the episodes came out and I was like, why is Hayden Christensen here? We get nothing from him. Thankfully they paid off in the final two episodes, but still I was like, come on, we could have, we could have seen more. And then also, yeah, I was like, Kenobi, he moved on from that pretty quickly after seeing your, like closest friend ever, your apprentice that has now turned into a horrible monster that just tried to like uh, rake you through fire and wanted to kill you. And then you did see him kill like multiple people, including like a teenager. He moves on from that pretty quick and it's like, all right, Leia, let's, let's get back home. It's like, okay, a little, a little fast, but whatever. Um, now they end up in the, or I guess he's trying to get back to Leia. Um, since she's captured. So the Fortress Inquisitorious, which nice. is a great name. I'm like, nice. Um, so we see in this episode, there's some stuff with Tala of her infiltrating using her her Imperial officer credentials in order to get yeah. in and whatnot, even though, again, she doesn't actually have credentials and any authority at that particular outpost, but yeah. she's able to get in. Um, and then what did you think of this whole interrogation scene between Riva and Leia. Number one, I just want to point out, why is she interrogating Leia about this underground railroad thing as if Leia would have any idea of what that is? She, she's 10. She's, she's 10, 10, number years one. Old. And, like you, you arranged for her kidnap, and she's just been going along this whole time since. When do you think that they would explain, oh, by the way, Here's the entire underground railroad that we have for Jedi. Here's all like the logistics of it. Why do you think they would explain that to a ten year old? So why are you trying to interrogate this ten year old? And also they they point out later on, or I guess maybe this was just like an added thing, but it seems like she just had this so she could bring Kenobi back and then put a tracker on Leia, so then they can follow Kenobi again. If that's yeah. the case, like the real reason you're doing it, then why why are you trying to intimidate and interrogate and torture this kid at all? Like you don't actually want the information that she has. You just want to get at Kenobi so that you can get at Vader. So why are you, why, why are you interrogating her at all? Bro, I think it's crazy. Like, could you imagine in the second episode or the second season of the Mandalorian when Grogu is captured in his little handcuffs <laughs> in the cell? Could you imagine yeah. if they had a scene where Giancarlo Esposito like tried to interrogate him and tried to like, like, threaten him? Tell me where it is. Where's the Skywalker? Me. Where are the Jedi? 
you will tell me where it is. And Grogu's like, huh? And he's like, don't lie to me. <laughs> I will put you in a torture device. And he's like, it just would have been stupid. Just as stupid as this. It's just so dumb. And again, the acting in these particular scenes as well, were just not very good at all from either of them, really. But yeah, again, Reva is supposed to be very intimidating here, and she's just not. We're just questioning why she's doing it, and it's not intimidating at all. And again, it's sad that she's unable to break this kid, isn't able to do the Jedi mind trick, which again is supposed to be pointing to the idea of Leia's Force-sensitive and whatnot. But if that's the case, like that could that's the only possible explanation, right? So then why would Reva not be like, holy crap, she's Force-sensitive, this is a major find, like this is way crazier than anything else. You might as well kill you since that's my job. Right. So yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense what's going on there. Nope. With the Kenobi stuff that's going on here, I do like how he's like infiltrating it and then he's trying to sneak through. Sure. I did end up like the when the one blaster hits the window, you think it'd be like blaster proof. But anyway, and then the water's you think yeah. trying to get in uh and then he's like having to stop it i thought that was pretty cool and then i thought it was dumb that when he has to rush through the door as it's closing no water came through Again, it's just one of those things that it it goes towards the many oversights that they had when making this that make it feel silly make it feel like a tv show instead of this epic cinematic event which it should be of kenobi coming back yeah, uh, and getting joke. to see a story unfold so again, it's like it's not too big of a deal. It's like kind of a nitpick, but it does pull you out of it. And it's you're just like, all the little things add up. Yeah, it exactly. Bad. It makes another, it look like a fan film. It doesn't even feel like a real thing. Exactly. Another thing that adds to that is when they're leaving and they're in the hangar, and he's got Leia in a trench coat, and yeah. he looks like he doesn't have the regulation, uh, like no beard. Uh, he looks like the homeless man coming out of there, as if There's anyone clearly would that. a child he's got a walking massive. under his cloak. You could see all four legs. Like the biggest tumor on his hip. It's Is that really so what they wanted clearly. us to believe? Like, come on. What a bad disguise. I'm just going to take this cloak and I'm going to wrap it around you and we're going to walk forward. You, all four legs of ours, moving I know. forward. What the fuck? It just means no sense. And then they had the speeders arrive. I want, I wanted, I wanted a stormtrooper to be like, hey, wait a second. And then just sits down and starts counting the legs. One, <laughs> two, three. There's four legs under there. Open that trench coat. He's like, hey, I'm a. this is my species. We have four legs. We just have two tinier legs to the right of my right leg. But it's fine. This is how our species is arranged. If they, they had gone in that direction and made it that bad, it would have been good. Honestly, exactly. go, go one way or the other. They should have just had him go all out. If you're um, going to be yeah. campy, be campy all the way. Yeah, the speeders show up. Uh, and then that was also, again, the CGI on it didn't look great. It looked... No. Crazy how they came in at full speed and they were like slow down and then they were hovering, which I mean, you and I have played some Star Wars games. I've never been able to hover those. I wish I was able to hover with those things, but you can never stop them. You're always going and it's frustrating. So I'm amazed that they were able to hover. They've completely rewritten the physics of those devices. They've they're planes, not helicopters. It's hovering, shooting down at Reva, who's blocking them with her like lightsabers, which again was not a good shot. It looked silly um it just wasn't well executed and then they're leaving and then she throws the bomb and kills wade very tragic again r.e.p the greatest star wars character ever made of course so again she didn't need to do that like it's this thing of again they want to play it as like oh she's just consumed by revenge and she's just doing everything to get to vader yeah um but she's not like that she's not like 
crazy, but she's killing people needlessly. Like she didn't need to throw that bomb at Wade and kill him. I just don't get it. And also why, if you knew you had the tracker, why did you, why bother throwing a thing? Cause you, you already know you're, you've achieved what you wanted to, which is now you're going to know where Kenobi is. Yeah. Why kill a random person? Even if you weren't like trying to pretend to be an inquisitor, even if you were just an all out inquisitor, like what's the point? Yeah. Just let him go. Who cares? You'll get to also, him later. I didn't like her conversation with Tala. I didn't like the Tala Riva stuff. I thought like, uh, like I, I just hate it when they're like, I think you're a double agent. You're right. I'm a double, double agent. I'm actually <laughs> working for you, but I was undercover with them for a long time. I think it's just so stupid. I think it's okay. What I do no. think is stupid is that Reva definitely would have just killed Tala the moment the alarms go off. And she's like, huh, amazing how you're just talking to me about being a double agent. And yet this alarm goes off. The only explanation is that you're here with the people that are trying to is get Leia out. So yeah. I will now kill you in order to both like cover my tracks, but also make sure you don't mess up my plans any further. Cause if she was really, again, all about trying to get to Vader, she's not going to leave any loose ends and let Tala just live. I don't get it. And in the stormtroopers that she was able to beat up very easily, very easily the slap on the head on the helmet. I was like, come on, what are you doing? Yeah. Just bad. Just bad. To the bone. Uh, to the bone. All right, so episode five, um, which I think has some things that are really, really good. And then a lot of other things that, again, you're like, what are you doing? It's just so stupid, so illogical, so pointless to make yeah. these decisions that compromise everything else you've been building towards. It's just so dumb. So we get the Anakin flashbacks, finally. We get to see Hayden Christensen back in his Anakin garb. I don't know why they didn't do a little de-aging on him. Yeah, he looks so old. He did not look so old. He still looks good for his age, but I mean, dude, this is the time when he was like supposed to make 20. him look like yeah, they're supposed to make him look like he's twenty. I'm like, oh my god. You can very much tell. Again, he looks good, but you don't. You can't possibly look like you're twenty when you're forty. So I don't know why they did that, but um, yeah, that was fun getting to see them uh, in their little training thing. I would have liked more flashbacks overall, though. At least the moments of them like on missions together and they're bonding yeah, I and having banter. I would rather have that than a Reva storyline. I would right. rather the whole thing just been Darth Vader chasing Obi-Wan with flashbacks at Leia's involved and Reva's just not even a character. Right. Um, and then they have <laughs> so stupid. They have so something I guess went down with the mechanical thing because Lola not only being a tracker is now evil because of the tracker and now is sabotaging the base. So then they're like, how do we how do we fix this, like the cage opening or whatever it is, um, the hangar door? They send Leia in there because apparently these spaces are too small, and no mechanic has ever been able to access them ever. Despite certainly there needing to be like just regular um, mechanical upgrades. That doesn't that doesn't send me that much. It feels like in Star Wars, there's a lot of design flaws with some things, and that really <laughs> directly impacts the plot quite often. So it didn't, suppose, at the very least, I, it didn't feel irregular for that I, to happen. I suppose so, but again, it's just like, come on, sending in Leia because she's small enough to fit in to the little crevice. It's just like, I don't know. So yeah, so that, I didn't really like that part. Again, I understand why they had to Leia had to do something this episode. Okay, that's great. But another uh, thing that I thought was good, but that they executed poorly was Reva's backstory. 
So from the yeah. beginning, at least to me, it was clear that okay, okay she was one of the younglings in the Order sixty six, which is a great idea. Of yeah, someone is upset at Anakin doing all that and wants to become an Inquisitor in order to kill him. That's sure. a really good idea. And in the way they unveil that here, I thought it was dumb because it's just Kenobi through the door. They're not even face to face, speaking to her that he has found this out. That he's like, you know, I've surmised that um, because you know Anakin is Vader, you must have been there. You must have known. So I don't know why they didn't just pair that narration with the flashbacks of her as the younglings and Anakin's coming up and chopping them down. I don't know why they just had us looking at Kenobi leaning against a door saying yeah. these things. It just it neutered the emotional impact that it could have had. I also feel like it would have been better writing for us to just know that right off the bat episode one. And to just develop the character based on that premise, I feel like using it as like a shock value doesn't work because it just invalidates everything she's done up until this point. Uh, well, I don't think so. I think they just should have introduced it a bit earlier because in the beginning we're like, oh, this is a really like scary Inquisitor that's coming after Kenobi scary and just is nonstop. Marks. But then, yeah, in the perfect world, that's how the execution would be. And then say around episode three is when we get to understand why she's like this. And then we understand, uh oh, there's like something more here like she's trying to get at vader but she's gone so far over with this revenge quest that she's like really willing to do anything she can just to get back at vader and kill him and now she's going too far now she's doing the same thing that anakin did which they try to bring up in episode six um and again it's a good idea but it's like at this point we don't really care because we again she was never really that intimidating as an antagonist and then you waited too long yeah to make her sympathetic by giving us this backstory so in both and cases, they like just her. dropped it. Yeah. Um, and it's like too late, too little to try and save her. So again, yeah. And we talked about it before, before episodes this came out, where like, we need to get more of her, her internal processing of the things that I'm doing. Why am I doing like, I'm killing a bunch of Jedi as an inquisitor to try and get a Vader. Like, let's see because her. Because he killed that. a bunch of Jedi. Yeah. Because he killed a bunch of Jedi. So now I'm being like him. Yeah. We see her ask that question in episode six of have I become like him? We needed to see her deal with that, I think, throughout the series in order for us to truly like get this idea of, okay, this is a a complex, broken character, and we don't know what she's going to end up doing. Like, she could fully fall to the dark side and just be like, okay, if Kenobi needs to die, if Leia needs to die, if these people need to die for me to quench my revenge, then that'll happen. Or is she going to be conflicted enough to pull back from it? But again, we know in episode six, because the way it set it up, we know there's zero way that she's going to kill Luke, which again, why is she killing Luke? We'll get to that, but. Yeah, so the, we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. but yeah so then and again it doesn't make sense so now kenobi has affirmed that he knows why reva's doing what she's doing he sympathizes with her he's like i can help you and then reva tries to stab him through the door opens it up sends the hundred or so well, she could have done the whole time yes st- uh sends the hundred or so stormtroopers into the thing and then we have this fight where nobody is taking cover it's a hundred stormtroopers against like two dozen maybe rebels and kenobi and they're just walking in slowly, firing, and no one's getting like killed. One guy no gets hit. Shot. One yeah. rebel gets hit. And it's then I like think two stormtroopers drop, and it's again, like the whole thing of the stormtroopers of like having bad aim. But it's like, come on, it's just like you're elevating it way too heavy. It's right beyond now. parody at that point. Like that would be the parody of having a hundred in a tight space stormtroopers closing in on you and unable to hit a single shot, except I guess one that one guy. Yeah. Um, and then later, Tala, she gets shot. Um, but not killed, and then she's able to do a sacrifice. Which I don't care. 
yeah, it was okay, but again, I we didn't really care get... about her. I don't yeah, like I mean, how I... they over dramatize it and try to make me feel emotions for her and also the robot who I don't give a shit about. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't care about either of them, and they like really like prolonged that sacrifice. I'm like, just have her die like really quick and be like, okay, cool, she's gone. She did a cool thing. She's a cool character or whatever. But they prolonged it so hard, and I'm like, what are you, what are you, what are you trying to get out of me? I, like, it, <laughs> you didn't show me enough of her for me to care. I know. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was all right. Uh, and then, and then after she dies, and after they get encroached upon, Kenobi gives himself up anyway, which he, yeah. he theoretically could have just done to Reva at the beginning. Yeah. Like instead of going up to the door her and talking with her, he could have walked out and then closed the hangar behind him and said, "Okay, let's yeah. talk." Tell so her then, for nothing. It, truly, and then so he says uh, again. He says the same thing of like, "Look, I know you want to kill Vader. Here's what you can do: use me. He's gonna come down here to this planet." And he's only going to be focused on me. And you can kill him because of that. Because he's going to be so dedicated to just finding me, getting me, looking at me. So I'm like, okay, that's smart. It's a good plan. It's a good plan. Yeah. I was like, that's great. And then Reva, Reva lets him go. He goes back inside with two stormtroopers, which he then promptly kills and runs back to the rebels. Vader comes down. <laughs> and then she starts. nothing. And then she's like, oh, no, 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 he's gone. And then starts storming through the place to get to them. And then Reva doesn't follow at all and it doesn't make sense why if the plan is distract vader with his obsession with kenobi why would reva not just keep kenobi there shackled imprisoned in front of them so that when vader comes down and he's like clearly going to be obsessed with talking to him just slash him down from behind that is the plan that should have happened but because they can't do it because it would break canon even though it's a good plan they have to have her send him away for no reason kenobi also goes with the rebels for no reason even though Vader's going to come after you and you're now with the rebels so he's coming after the rebels it also um, works against the plot beat where they want to set it up so that at the beginning of episode 6 they're in a chase between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan to set up their fight so Obi-Wan has to get away somehow so they have to write that in but they do it in the laziest way where they're just like he needs to get away easy he just gets away yeah it's easy. just well yeah because Reva like tells him to go inside with two stormtroopers which would never happen like why would the she, easiest way to do that? It's like there's so many more complicated ways for Obi Wan to get away, and you can still get to that plot point. Why would you just have him just get away? Like he just gets away. Well, yeah, he nothing. takes him down and gets him away, and then then when Vader does come down and he's trying to get to them, he gets to the final hangar, and then the ship lifts off, and then he starts force holding it, bringing it back down, which is cool. Great demonstration of power. Love to see that. Yeah. And then, haha, it was a ruse. And then the second ship takes off, which I thought was cool. To I hate build. I thought it was good for uh, Kenobi's. Like, it's the same being, like, thing whatever. as the fire. If he brought down one ship, he can bring down a second one. No. Just well, do it again. No, no, no. I mean, if you lift up a huge rock, I don't think you can immediately lift up another huge rock. He I didn't think look makes... like he was tired. He's Darth Vader. He looks fine. They should fun. have done more for that, although his hand was shaking. But they should have had him like try and then fail. Again, that same thing of like have him reach out because again he's upset, so he's going to try and do anything, and he gets it, and then ooh, it it starts slowing down a bit, but it's able to break away because he's not strong enough. He's already used all of his strength. Um, that would have been better, but I do believe the whole thing of like he can't, like it's crazy to bring down a ship. Doing it back to back would exert too much power, so that makes sense. But then Reva comes up, and then. <laughs> Exactly. When he's standing there, no longer he's just standing there. Now she decides it's a time to attack by igniting and screaming um, before she strikes. Give away her position, of course. It just makes no sense why she would do that 
then after Kenobi's already gone, (laughs) he's just standing there doing nothing. And then she comes up and tries to attack him now. I don't know why she, like she could have done it earlier in the Mm -hmm. episode or in the previous episode when they were on the star command, the bridge of the ship. Like that would have been just as good a time as any. Why was now the time that she decides to do it? It just doesn't make sense. So then she tries to attack him doesn't work out i thought the battle was cool of vader just absolutely mopping the floor with her not even using a lightsaber at first just using the force and then takes her lightsaber like doesn't have gives one side to her and then is able to duel her i thought all that was cool and then it builds up to we see the grand inquisitor he's still alive uh we see him stab her in the same way that she was, apparently was stabbed as a youngling which is so, dumb well, yeah, that she's able to survive. Um, that first time as a youngling he is like, okay, I get her. But the he second had two time, lightsabers. he absolutely should have dooked her. And that was what I was saying. I was like, this would be so cool if they actually went this way and had, like, we build up this Reva character. And then we think we're thinking that we're going to build towards a redemption thing. But no, she just fails. She just gets killed by Vader um, in the midst of her revenge quest. That would have been cool. It would have actually been subversive and interesting. But. They have him stab her in the same way that she was stabbed before and then not kill her. They just walk away. I think the Grand Inquisitor who got stabbed by her probably would have also wanted to get a few shots in as well and probably would have done the deed. But no, they both just walk away. And then she's left alive because plot reasons, because we need her to find the, which also is stupid, of having Bail Organa send a message to uh, to Obi-Wan. I'm here on Tatooine protecting that secret boy you don't want me to talk about. Obi-Wan, I'm here on Tatooine protecting the secret boy you don't want anyone to know about. You're going to have to... Don't let anybody see this message. It's a secret. You're going to have to deal with the audio levels on that one, for sure. I don't care. Uh, Worth it. um, So, yeah, it was just insane that he would do that. Um, and then that Obi-Wan after that, you already heard the transmission. You saw it. Why don't you just destroy it? Why would you not encrypt it? Why would you give it to This is uh, why in Mission Emil Impossible, the, the message always self-destructs in three, two, one, gone. Exactly. That's if why it always does that. Tom Cruise were in the Star Wars universe. He would know. He would be doing that. That's so look. cool. They should, they should put Tom Cruise in, in a Star Wars movie at some point. That'd be mm-hmm. awesome. So yeah, that whole transmission thing was dumb, and then Reva finds it, and then now uh, knows of this boy on Tatooine that Kenobi was protecting. That belongs to Owen. Now, why does she go after him? What is her plan? Because she doesn't know, at least it doesn't seem like she would know that he's related to Vader, because that's such a big leap, unless she somehow knows of his romantic relationship with Padme as a youngling, how she would find that out. I have no clue. So she can only really suspect that this is just some boy, probably force sensitive, but maybe not, but maybe so. But also she didn't really care that Leia was force sensitive. So it's possible that this boy that he's protecting also isn't force sensitive. There should have been a scene. There should have been a scene where it's a flashback and Hayden Christensen is sitting with all the younglings and he's giving the talk. And he's like, when a man loves a woman, like the way I love Padme, we uh, I I throw her a bone, and then nine months later, a baby is born, just like what's happening with us. Like, and then that wow. explains. Then then she's like, "Wow, you're having a baby!" And then then there you go. She knows. She knows exactly what's going on. And they all high five Hayden Christensen for getting laid. It's He's actually cool Jedi. canon on. Uh, it's canon that Reva was on Mustafar and saw everything go down. She was looking from the pier as everything was happening, and then she sees Padme with the baby bump. 
as she's lying on the floor after getting choked out, and she's like, "Oh my god, I better a keep baby. that in mind. There might be I a better baby." Better not in there. forget that there might be a secret child on Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so stupid. And and again, it doesn't make sense why she's going after this this kid um, if she's trying to blackmail Kenobi. Why this isn't if you're trying to get at Vader. You so, know this is important to Kenobi, but not to Vader. And then so we, if you also hate Vader because he's killing young Jedi and you want to just kill Vader for doing that, why would you go out and kill a random youngling who may be force sensitive when Vader doesn't know or doesn't care about that particular thing? Why? So we talked about this after episode five came out and I gave you my explanation of what they thought was, was going to happen because I was like, the only thing that makes sense is that she goes there and her hatred is no longer like she failed trying to kill Darth Vader. So now she's going to put all of her weight and all of her hatred onto Obi-Wan, and she's going to use Luke to bring him back to Tatooine for a final battle, and Obi-Wan's going to kill her. Like, it's yes. the only way that that makes sense. And then episode six comes out, and I'm watching it today. It just doesn't make sense. He's just trying to kill him. <laughs> it's it just doesn't... a random child. What are you doing? Again, it doesn't make any sense. Like, the it has connection... nothing to do with Darth Vader. It has nothing to do with trying to get Obi-Wan. You're just killing a child because you're crazy. Yeah, it makes no sense. It just truly makes no sense. And again, they're doing it because they want to get to the like story beat of, oh, is she like Anakin? Oh, she has the hood on and she's about to swing. And then, oh, we see the young version of her that she's about to strike at because they wanted to be they wanted to get to that point, which is good. But yeah, you don't but get there, there by is... having her do this insane, like truly just unhinged, crazy behavior of trying to kill a random child for no reason. Yeah. I also all right. Let, let's let's just move on. Are you ready to go to episode six now? Absolutely. All right. Let's officially do it. The finale. All right. Let's start off with Kenobi. He's on the ship. He's with all the people. They're getting shot at like crazy by the the star destroyer. They're all just chilling. Nobody's nobody's <laughs> going crazy. They're all just sitting there, just waiting. And they got I the shield. It, They're just chilling. I guess I thought it could have been a little more hectic, like in uh, in a New Hope, when all the people are running around and the alarms are blaring and stuff. I guess it's a smaller ship, even though proportionally it looks like it's the same size. I guess they didn't keep that in mind. But I don't know. I just felt like there'd be more drama happening on the ship instead of just normal conversations with blasts going around. You know, it is kind of like a war zone. But then Kenobi does the right thing and he bails because he knows it's going to get Darth Vader's attention. And that sets up the really cool rematch that they have. And I thought their fight was pretty good. I agree. So here's the thing, though, about this. When the, they started doing it, and Kenobi says the line of, like, this, oh, this is where it ends or something, and then he puts Lola on the ship, uh, I was like, interesting how they wrote themselves into a corner here. I wonder how they'll be able to get themselves out. Because you have Kenobi, who's coming in here, says the line of, like, oh, this is where it's got to end. And you have Vader coming in, who clearly also wants this to end. Like, there's he knows Obi-Wan has to be better with the force now so if we did that reasoning before of he let kenobi go so that he could get stronger so he could have a real match now he's gonna get that so i'm like there's no way that either these people would walk away without the other person being dead and then this show said actually they'll both walk away without the other person being dead they both do it it makes no sense it's just insane like the fight itself i really enjoy and also the emotional moment of when he cuts open the his helmet and then we get to see Hayden Christensen behind it and they yeah, I thought that deliver, was awesome. They delivered those lines like you and McGregor's acting when he was like, I'm sorry, Anakin. Incredible. He's amazing. Yeah. And then they were Hayden really Christensen 
also Behind, gave some great yeah, acting dude, when he I, did that. I one. felt the hate coming through, bro. I thought it was I really, know. really good. I Which, liked that scene a lot. I liked the idea of having the the voice modulator. Oh, uh, it was go so in good. And out it was so cool. Hayden, between Hayden Christensen's voice and James Earl Jones's voice, mm-hmm. and I thought it was cool seeing his eyes peering through in his mouth, and just seeing like uh, the the warped Hayden Christensen doing the acting. I just thought that that whole thing was executed very. It was very beautiful. Well. It was beautiful. And then I like the way he also says like, "Oh, I'm not your failure, Obi Wan." You didn't kill Anakin. I did. And he had that little smile that, that was peeking cool out behind the broken mask. I was like, all that was great. Yeah. And again, they did. It was a little heavy handed at some points, but I did like the way they had the lightsabers, like those lights casting on their face and how it's completely blue when Kenobi is looking at him. And it's completely red um, when Vader gives that line of, oh, I did. And then you see, OK, yeah, he's fully Vader. Anakin is completely dead. Um, and that's how Obi-Wan is now seeing him, like as a pure Sith. And then he mm-hmm. says a line afterwards of goodbye, Darth. So setting so, up the, a um, new hope to where he says Darth um, there. So I think that was fine. Oh, is that, does he say Darth in A New Hope? Yeah, because everyone was like, why would sense. he say Darth? But yeah, he says, well, he okay. says, when I left you, I was about to learn, but now I'm the master. And he goes, only a master of evil, Darth. And so I everyone's like, why would he say it? Like, it's his first name. But I th- I like that it's okay. like an insult. Like, he's saying, like, you are just a Sith now. Like, you're not a person. Okay. You're not Anakin. Um, so I like that they I'm did no that. I'm no longer upset then. I was upset when I watched it. I was like, why the fuck did he say Darth? Mm-hmm. so stupid. Why didn't he say Vader? Right. But, but I, yeah, I guess, I guess if you're sense. doing a, a new hope come around, that makes sense. I think even without that, it would make sense. Because, again, he's, like, twisting the knife that, like, yeah, you are just a Sith. Like, that's all you are now. So I won't refer to you by your name. He also says before that, then my friend is truly dead, which, again, the whole it rhymes sort of thing that George Lucas says about Star Wars. It all rhymes. That ties into something Luke says in Return of the Jedi when he's like, then my father is truly dead. Um, So I like that. They did the same thing before when he goes, then I'll do what I must. And then does his little form three pose. uh, And then try. Yeah, you will try is what they said in uh, Revenge of the Sith. But here he says, yeah. then you will die. And I was like, OK, so the gloves are off. So I like the way they do some of that stuff, like all of that, that those cool. emotional beats, those callbacks, those references, it all works. Um, and the acting, again, was crazy. It was so good. So I'm amazed that they wrapped all of that amazing stuff up with the stupidity of Kenobi just walking away. Bro, at that point, yeah. Kenobi should have just dabbed him up, just give him a high <laughs> five, give a little fist bump, and then said peace and walked away. Honestly, I'll because... I'll see you in 10 years for our next rematch. Maybe you'll give no, me that time. There's no logical explanation why, after we just confirmed that from the horse's mouth itself, that Anakin is dead, and this is Vader, meaning his old friend is not in there, and he says as well that my friend is truly dead. Why would you not kill... This person, Darth Vader, that isn't your friend, but is a monster who you've seen murder people in front of your very own eyes. And you know, you know most likely spend the rest of his life murdering people. Exactly. That you know will continue to be like the right-hand man of Palpatine and the Empire enforcing all this terror on the galaxy. You know for a fact that he's going to do these things. And has, again, killed a bunch of Jedi, was going after the whole... Uh, also killed a bunch of younglings. And you know Reva is one of those people... And so you're still able to see all the pain and hate that he's caused that is carrying forward and killing other people and putting other people in danger, such as Leia. Uh, so why wouldn't you murder this person right here and there? I, yeah. I, right here and now. I just don't get why he wouldn't do that. And it's only because we 
<laughs> need that first movie to actually take place. And so Kenobi cannot kill Darth Vader here. There's still, there's still other ways to ride around it, and they didn't do it. That's what I'm saying. You like, could just get to a point where Kenobi have... still wins, but he thinks he killed Darth Vader and he gets away. Just like at the end of the third movie where they did that exact thing where he thought he killed Anakin, but Anakin survives. Even then, I think like he would go, he should go out of his way. Any reasonable version of Kenobi should go out of their way to make sure that Kenobi's or Vader's dead. What they should have done was just have the Grand Inquisitor come down or one of the stormtroopers or something come down and like interrupt the match, like the battle somehow, maybe yeah. from orders of Emperor that would Palpatine. Be even better, yeah. And and Palpatine's like, this needs to stop. Like he might get himself killed because maybe he senses something go on. He like senses the conflict within Anakin. Um, and so he's like, Grand Inquisitor, people go down there. And so they interrupt the match and Kenobi has to flee um, in order to not get taken down by all those other people. And you could have gotten a cool scene where Kenobi like kills the third brother and the other woman and things like that. And like a bunch exactly. of yeah, He like is able to fight. take down the Inquisitors and do all that. Because then there, at least their arc to... would have been finished other than we just never see them again after episode four. I know. I was wondering, I was like, did they die somehow? Why did we just no, never just see gone. them? Um, so yeah, it just, that would have been a much better way. Because again, you keep right, intact that been cool. the canon, but you also preserve Kenobi as this hero. And I don't know how you can believe he's a hero when he allows for a second time, like the first time's forgivable. No one expects Anakin yeah. to live after getting burned to a crisp from the lava thing. But this second and time, you're like, oh, hey, I guess if he can survive that, he can survive anything. I better put the final, you know, nail in the coffin. The heart. I better, I better dooku him, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's the only way to be sure they're dead is to cut off their head. And especially if the arc he goes through is realizing it wasn't me. Like I need to let go of this guilt because it was him. Like he would have gone on this path. Vader killed Anakin. There's no reason why you would just let Vader live after doing that, after seeing all the terrible things he's done. And if you recognize that he's not your friend anymore, there's no like emotional attachment that should make you want to spare him or show him mercy. And so everyone that dies in the next nine years or 10 years or eight years, whatever it is of the Star Wars universe that we get to a new hope, including all the people on Alderaan, um, so shout out to you, Leia, oh, all you your know family. Cool. You know, it would have been cool if if he if Darth Vader said you didn't kill Anakin, I did. And then Kenobi was like, then I will avenge him. And then he goes to kill Vader and then gets interrupted. That would have been so cool. See, popping out with better. Look at that. I just lines. dropped a good line. I just dropped a good plot point. You dropped a good plot point. We just we just rewrote episode six to be better. And it was just, very easy. They could have just done that. I so don't know so why they didn't do it. We could have done this in an afternoon. We could have made it better. Why aren't it, we professionals, Ryan? Why aren't, <laughs> we, why aren't we getting hired? We're so much better than these people. It just, it was mind-boggling why they didn't go further to correct that. And then here's the other thing. Oh, yeah. Well, the other thing I thought was a little silly that they should have done more of is have Vader, like, show us him being arrogant and being hate-fueled and how that is messing up his combat and making him not take these easy chances to kill off Kenobi because the way they frame this fight is just Kenobi is as powerful as Vader <laughs> like yeah, they have him true. go crazy and this is Kenobi who hasn't trained with lightsaber in 10 years yeah barely he just connected you, with the force you're strong again and you're like yeah when did that happen I know he it's barely just day. it's barely been one day <laughs> barely connected with the force and this is prime Vader like this is him in the full extent of yeah. the dark side training again for 10 years he's been going around just absolutely destroying the galaxy and he loses to kenobi they would have made sense if they leaned more into the idea of he's so obsessed with kenobi and so obsessed with um like this arrogance and self-hatred and whatnot in the same way they did with revenge of the sith um like it was that folly which 
allowed Obi-Wan to get the upper hand. I wish they would have done the same thing. Where they allowed, the high ground, that's it. Yeah, where they had a similar moment where Kenobi has to be clever in some way, leverage Vader's arrogance in order to, like, take down the... That should be um, the only way that he could beat him. Yeah, to take down, like, the breathing suit and whatnot that he has, and then that weakens Vader, and then he's able to get the upper hand that way. It's It just... The way they had it is, like, Obi-Wan's a force god sending rocks, earthbending yeah. rocks at him, which is cool. And I think you could have left that in, sure, but he can't just outright beat Vader in his prime. Because then again, we're wondering, why doesn't Obi-Wan just go now and destroy the Empire almost single-handedly if he's this powerful to destroy Vader, the chosen one, the strongest Force user there was? Um, I know it's it was very silly the way they tried to go about that. Um. Then the Rava situation. So we're cutting away from this Vader Obi-Wan fight to something nobody that. cares about. Yeah. We already know. First of all, shout out to Owen and Baru. Um, and they're like, we're going to put up a fight. Here's the thing, though. If you already plan as a backup plan for Luke to run away, maybe just have him go run away now and hide somewhere. Also, in what world do you think, like, I guess technically, yes, from what we've seen so far, you probably could beat Reva. She's not very good. <laughs> but logically, these are two farmers from Tatooine. They shouldn't have anything close to the skills to beat a like an Inquisitor, who is who was very briefly the Grand Inquisitor. Like, mm-hmm. like those power levels should not be equal. Even if she has just been stabbed by Darth Vader, which they don't seem to capitalize on much. Like he hits no. her once in the gut and she screams really hard, but at no point does it seem like she's limping or injured in any way. I thought they would really go a little bit deeper into that where like you see her injury and you can tell she's hurt and they don't like do that, which is dumb. I agree. Bad. Um, so yeah, it does make sense why they wouldn't try to hide Luke better. And then Baru's decision to like, let's just defend the house. Like we're not leaving. We're not going to go anywhere else. We're not going to bring anyone else into this. It's like, okay, the sentiment is nice and all, but again, it's a force user. And you're needlessly endangering yourself, but more importantly, that kid who is extremely important in the grand scheme of things. So why wouldn't you just like send him away to go hide somewhere? And then when she shows up, you can try and kill her. Um, and we already know she might not use the force trick on Owen because she could have done that way long ago, but didn't. So maybe she will forget this time. It's just silly that that happens. And also, again, we know Owen and Baru won't die. We know Luke's not going to die. So we know the only possible way this ends is her deciding not to kill him, even though we don't know why she's trying to kill him. Um, and here's the thing. I thought initially I was thinking, OK, the way that they have to do this is Kenobi has to come back just in time, which would be a bit contrived. But whatever, he gets back just in time and he's able to talk Reva down maybe or he has to do a little bit of a duel, as you were saying, and like has to kill her. Although we know for a yeah. fact she wouldn't kill her if she he didn't kill Vader just now. So that was out of the window. So but- funny. <laughs> if he killed her instead of Darth Vader, he's like, I just got to get this out of my system. And he dooku's <laughs> yeah. her. Oh, man. It'd be crazy. But yeah, so that was out of the window. But at least him coming back and talking her down so that he's able to save Luke. My biggest issue as well is his one mission after Revenge of the Sith, his whole like reason for being was to save, to protect Luke. He doesn't do that at all. He, he would have been dead had Reva gone through with it. He just yeah. would have failed the biggest mission ever if yeah. that didn't happen. And I was also like, okay, so now you have him not kill Vader and be responsible for every single death that comes after that point, which is stupid and silly. But now he doesn't even successfully defend Luke. He doesn't like leave the world and then 
come back to Tatooine and is able to save him, he just would have been dead. That's just yeah. crazy to me that they did that. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was dumb. And then so we see, and also Owen and Baru definitely would have killed Reva once she brings back Luke. Like, come on. They would have yeah. just let her walk away. Like Kenobi would have been all about the Jedi thing. Like, okay, you shared mercy. Like you can be on a better path. Uh-uh. Owen and Baru, these farmers from Tatooine, I don't think they're going to be quite so forgiving after they just got beat up and then had their kid almost killed. And also, also, where are the consequences for anything she's done? Mm-hmm. Like, like if you're going to do a redemption arc, there still has to be consequences. Like Darth Vader, well, his whole arc Dylan, is a fall and then a redemption from that fall, but he still dies at the end. Dylan, remember, we're getting Reva a Star Wars story. Oh, the movie you're right. I coming forgot. to theaters. <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna do a spinoff with Reva. I completely forgot they were gonna do that. She's yeah, definitely totally. gonna do. She's definitely gonna be in a thing. I don't know what because yeah. they're saying acolytes is the one with Sith, but I thought that was supposed to be like ancient Sith. But uh, she's gonna be in something probably sometime soon, and then that's gonna be like her redemption arc. Which again, I I think I don't know. She just needs I can to end already up picture it now. I need it already. What I would have preferred because again, Star Wars the theme like as you pointed out, what they did with Darth Vader and then Ben Solo, Kylo Ren of someone's evil but they're not truly evil like they can come back no one's beyond redemption um but both of those people like they did the thing that they like tried to do some sort of redemption right but then they died immediately um so it like that was their consequence but then there certainly would have been consequences afterward i would hope if you were like the leader the right hand man of the empire and then also of the first order like they would have been in jail afterwards somehow i would hope with Riva, she lives, so she doesn't die. But yet, she's not going to end up in jail. What is she going to end up do? She's going to now like help the the people that are in the underground railroad for the Jedi. How are they going to feel about that? I don't know. There's just no consequences. It's just so dumb. And again, I don't like Kenobi. Like his whole thing of saying, like, "Oh, you're not like him because you chose not to kill those younglings and show mercy." Again, I don't know if. Deciding not to kill somebody that you're about to kill for no reason is necessarily mercy, but um, it's strange that we're framing it as like, no, no, no. Turns out you you chose to be better than Vader yeah. was, even though you're not up, like him, even though you've already killed countless yeah, Jedi. Up to this like point, him. yeah, she did kill a lot of people. Which again, Kenobi, remember but you the didn't person? Kill one, this one child, so which again would have been up on no him. reason to kill that child. But Anakin yeah, Anakin probably would have killed him, but you didn't. Yeah, but um, yeah. The Jedi that was hanging up in episode one. Could do. The bare minimum. You didn't kill him. Yay! Well, sure, again, but it's like, it's not a true, true redemption thing. Like the whole, yeah. it's not true showing mercy. It's not a true redemption or choosing to be better. So I don't know why they try to frame it so much like, okay, now you have. She didn't say now you're able to or do anything. Better. She just didn't kill him. Uh-huh. Which, yeah, it's, I just don't get it. They should have just had Vader kill Reva and made it be a tragic thing of, like, sometimes, even though I guess there is the possibility of her being able to be brought back, it just didn't work out. Like, this one was a tragic situation where she was consumed by the revenge. She tried to take down Vader, but wasn't able to do it. Like, sometimes it just ends that way. Like, all the people in Alderaan that got blown up because Kenobi didn't kill Vader. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a very expected outcome for how they're going to do the Riva storyline. Yeah. We'll see where she goes from here. 
But again, like she better not be showing up in Ahsoka or anything like that. Like she cannot make it past the original trilogy. Like that'd be silly. Like they need to, I think, just have her try to do some uh, atonement of going around and helping the Jedi in the Underground Railroad. But she has to like get got somewhere in there. Yeah, you can't just live out like a happy go lucky life where she's now a main part of the rebels or resistance. Yeah, maybe they'll throw her into. Uh... No, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I have no idea. I just kind of hope they get rid of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of well, hope they just drop the character and just leave it be. I don't know if that happened. I don't think they're gonna do it, but I think they probably should. Okay, so Vader after that. Oh well, so Kenobi visits Leia. Um, and I thought it was funny that she screams Lola. And yeah, doesn't even I was like, Kenobi. bro, this yeah. man saved your life how many times? And you're excited to see a little toy? Come on, bro. Yeah, it was a little harsh. Uh, and then I did really, really enjoy when he was describing the traits that she's inherited from her mother and father. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I thought that was well done. I thought it was sweet. Um, and again, the the whole like Kenobi-Leia relationship thing that they had going on at parts, I was like, I don't really... By, I don't really believe it. But this part at the end, when it was um, like wrapping up, I did believe it. Again, it sort of compromises the original trilogy because they never communicate at all, besides the initial message of Obi Wan, help me. Um, so you think there'd have been more in the original trilogy, especially when he was a Force ghost, he would have done something with talking to the Force of Leia. But I still do like that they had um, this like nice little pairing between them two and like that was the thing that was able to bring him off world i think that worked um vader in his palace when he's talking with uh emperor palpatine and he was saying like kenobi can mean nothing like you need to let that go and then vader apparently just does it immediately like are we supposed to believe that after all this time that now he's just like okay maybe i will uh just no longer bother kenobi that seems some new hobbies i'll (laughs) learn to play the guitar like yeah, it just didn't seem realistic that he would immediately drop that again. It could have been an act, but he, it's not like he encounters Kenobi again, right? No way he Kenobi he encounters him another time before the uh, first movie, right? Until Certainly your not. movie comes out, Ryan. <laughs> no, see, Vader wasn't in mine because I was like, there's no way that they'd get together and fight, and then one person wouldn't kill the other. But you know, so Kenobi packs up the cave. And bids farewell to Owen. Where's he going? He's just moving caves somewhere else. Why? For what? He's moving to the house that he has in A New Hope. You know, that's the cave. That's like the canyon he, like, we first see him in. I know. I see him going into the canyon. But yeah. why the move? Like, what is the know. significance of him moving now? I don't uh, know. It was strange. Because he has to get there for A New Hope. Exactly. And then he says, you're the only one uh, who needs, like, you're the only one that needs to protect him. You're the only protection he needs. He says that to Owen. So now he's just pointlessly on Tatooine for the next few years for no reason? For why? 10 years, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Why is that the case? Like, everything this show is pointing to in terms of his arc seems to be, especially since he didn't protect Luke from Reva, and now is verbally saying to Owen that uh, you are the one that needs to protect him. Like, I am not needed for his protection. It seems like he would then go off and support the rebellion and attack the Empire instead of just sitting out on Tatooine for another bunch of years for no reason. So that makes no sense. And they completely, again, they're like, I guess, opening up for a second season, maybe if they wanted to pursue it, where Kenobi's like free to, now he's like, okay, I'm comfortable going off and doing things. Mm-hmm. But it does make sense why he wouldn't just be constantly doing that. 
if he doesn't feel like he's needed for Luke. Uh, then we get to see his meeting with Luke. And he says, the line. He said the line. He did it. Hello there. So we got to see that. Perfect. I like that. Um, I said, so it was, yeah, very much similar to how we hear in A New Hope. So I really like that. His first like words to Luke, the first words we hear him say in A New Hope. Ties it up nicely. That was super cool. Uh, and then finally, after that, we have your boy. Currently one of your top five. My boy. I love Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon's so cool up. when you learn more about him from like the extended lore and stuff. But like he's so underutilized in the show, it's ridiculous. He shows yeah, up he, and says, we got a long walk ahead of us. And like uh, the whole idea is that it's supposed to show that Obi-Wan is more in tune with the Force again and that he's finally ready to see Qui-Gon. But Qui-Gon doesn't actually impart any wisdom on him, which is what I wanted. I wanted to see Qui-Gon like help him still because he's still his master, even in death. And I'm like, bruh, he didn't do anything. He just said, you got a long walk ahead of us. It was dumb. Right. I didn't like Qui-Gon appearing. I thought it was stupid. Well, yeah, we knew he was definitely going to appear because they were building it up in the earlier episodes. I thought episodes. they were going to use him. I know. He's used in mine, in my script. I believe you. He comes up He's way earlier. He's in the, in the Clone Wars. I think he has a conversation with Anakin in the Clone Wars. Mm. It's awesome. So, yeah. Strange that they just left him in, like, that cameo appearance at the end. Uh, and again, he's like, oh, we got a long way to go. So, again, I don't understand what they're doing with Kenobi. So, he's moving. And now he's ready to do more things, maybe, outside of just Tatooine. Again, it doesn't make sense that he would just stay there and wait years and years until Luke shows up to now train him. Um, it's just silly. It's just silly. Like the arc that he's supposed to go on logically would end in him not doing the very thing that he needs to do in order to be there in a new hope. Mm-hmm. But because of plot reasons, because the canon, we need to keep it that way. So it's weird of that course. they set it up like that. Mine, the whole deal was that he ends affirming like, no, this is my place. What I need to do is stay here and train Luke because I'm the only one who's capable of it. But yeah, yeah. he's he did go off world in mind and he was like able to work with some of the people that are in the rebel Alliance and he re-energizes their spirit. And so that's like the good that he's able to do um, going off of Tatooine, but he knows Mm -hmm. my ultimate place is to be here with Luke with the incredible, incredibly powerful son of the chosen one who ends up, you know, also sort of functioning as the chosen one. I need to train him. So I'm going to stay here and make sure he's okay here. The way they end this series it's setting up a possible second season. And now Kathleen Kennedy and a bunch of people involved have said, like, oh, if it ends up happening, like, we'll explore that possibility. And then I don't know what they're going to do with that second season. He's going to go off world again. Ball, maybe. You, you should pitch your script. You should, <laughs> tune, you should tune it around so that it has... Because uh, mine had Darth Maul. Yeah, um, tune it around and then you could But they're going to do in... the same thing, potentially, because they have Rebels is where the end of Maul happens. So unless they retcon it, which mine ended up retconning that one, um, then they would have to do the same thing of Kenobi and Maul interact, but they just don't kill each other. Yeah, but you could do it the same way we said in this time, where someone interrupts the fight. I guess, but that's so stupid. which is that it's it's kind of lame for Darth Maul at that point because it's like, yeah, then it just builds up to a fight in Rebels that not many people even saw. Mm-hmm. Sure, but in Darth Vader's case, it would have made sense because like we would have gotten the cool fight between Obi Wan and Darth Vader. We would have gotten that cool conversation between Obi Wan and, and Anakin through the mm-hmm. Darth Vader mask. And then it would have made sense because, I mean, they can't just kill each other and they can't walk away. So it would have made sense to have them just get interrupted. Like, I thought that would have been fine. In the case of Darth Maul, I don't think it would have worked. 
Yeah, because again, it would definitely yeah, it just would have been Deus Ex Machina again, especially since yeah, and trying to conform to the canon of like that sort of niche in the grand scheme of things. Um, animated Rebels show, I don't know, that'd be frustrating. But yeah, I don't know what they're yeah. gonna end up There's doing. There's also with this been season, just but... so many times in like Clone Wars and Rebels, or mostly Clone Wars, where Darth Maul and Obi Wan do bump into each other and they fight, and then something just breaks it up. Like that right. happens all the time in Clone Wars. And mm-hmm. you doing it would just be like a copy. Yeah. Um, but okay, so overall, Kenobi thoughts? Not good. Disappointing. Bad. Could have done it. If if even you, you put even like most minuscule amount of effort, it could have been m- like a thousand times better. And they just didn't. And that makes me really sad. Uh, the, like even outside of the writing, the direction wasn't really there. The way it was shot wasn't really there. The the lightsaber fights were kind of cool. Some of them didn't land like how I thought they would. Uh, the arcs were really bad. I don't know. I just hugely disappointed. Just didn't think it landed. Thought it was just bad through and through. Just wish it was a lot better. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. One of these days, we'll you and I can do a table reading of my. We my should script. do it, and then we could do a table reading drunk. of Jurassic Universe. And we, exactly. Yeah, the big get poetry slam table reading. Yeah, get you drunk for the, so you can get into some of the characters. So I'm not oh, off yeah. the wall characters. Um, sure. But yeah, so I agree. There's a lot of moments in this that are just stupid and silly, mind-bogglingly dumb. And it's made even worse that there's a version I've already came up with of a Kenobi story That's that I better. feel like really does a lot of things they tried to do. But just better, so much better. Which is dumb that me at 18 and 19 one of the two that I was able to come up with something that a whole team, like a massive team, like they put millions and millions and millions of dollars behind this, that I could have come up with a fan fiction that does some of the stuff better. I'm like, come on. But there were a lot of great things, a lot of surprises. Again, they did this about Kenobi and Vader. I would have liked them to explore that whole like connection more of maybe of Kenobi thinking he can get to Vader and bring him back. Um, like that at least would have been an interesting angle to go for. In terms it makes of you think, be, like, do you think they are just bad writers, or do you think they're like decent writers that got put into a corner by a studio? You know, well, I'm sure it's we'll never know. Both, I'm sure it is. It's probably uh, a little bit of both. Both, yeah. Because I mean, not. I mean, not not Even every a good writer can be a home run, but there are things where it's like some of these things, like the massive oversights that you and I were able to point yeah. out and come up with on the fly solutions to. It's like, why weren't those? checked yeah. out in the Even writing a room good writer can fix a problem when they're put in a box like yeah that should be that's the sign of a good writer is that if you're put in a box by executives or by a director and you have to work your way out of it you can't just phone it in and come up with the easy solution for a paycheck just still make it good you know mm-hmm. still come up with that solution that works right and, and makes people happy and they just wasted it they just wasted mm-hmm. this opportunity at a kenobi series which is so sad but again i there are moments in here that really do shine as we talked about that final fight between kenobi and vader and especially when they start just talking at the end of that like that stuff was really great that really hit um but yeah it's just surrounded by a lot of stuff that's meh or that doesn't make sense or that's canon breaking or as completely kills the uh the character of kenobi in some ways so that's kind of frustrating but overall I mean, it's Ewan McGregor coming back. It's Kenobi. I enjoyed the experience, um, but knowing that it could have been far better, like, again, the version they wanted to do, 
on the fly, we made it better in just our podcast talking about it. So it's not even like, oh, my own separate idea, I think could have been better. It's no, the idea they wanted to go with and could the have been actual they story they told, it. they just, yeah, didn't go through with that for whatever reason. And it's that part is really sad and frustrating. Um, the rating out of how many hello there's would you give this out of five? I'm going to give it two. two. Wow. That ain't good. That's bad. That's pretty bad. I'm giving it a three. Because, wow. of course, as you know, I mean, it's going to be. I love him. I love you and McGregor. It was great getting to see that. I talked about it. Some of the highs are great. But yeah, a lot of it is not good. And I was oscillating between 2.5 and 5. But ultimately, I, I mean, too, I, I love having you and McGregor back in this. He did great. I thought he did do great. In but the, it's just through and through bad. Mm -hmm. Like, Everything I talked about was just bad on top of bad on top of bad on top of bad. Like, but you must admit there's good parts, you know. There's there like are good parts in in the four hours and something minutes worth of runtime that it is. There's probably twenty five minutes worth of good, twenty five or thirty minutes worth of good. What about Shaky Cam Vader? That was good. The end oh. of that one episode, he was running in, and it was like it just looked like an accident. <laughs> it just looks like someone dropped the camera because there was not an accident. That was clearly intentional. Come on, I know, but I didn't like it. I liked it. I thought it was fun. It just looks cheap. It looks cheap. Yeah. All right. So that is our. It reminded me. It reminded me of the thing in Order of the Phoenix where the, there's a shaky cam when after they reveal Harry Potter's name in the Goblet of Fire, and he's like waiting in the potions room, and then Dumbledore and everybody storms in, and there's a shaky camera, and Dumbledore's like, "Harry, did you put a name in the Goblet of Fire?" <laughs> yeah. And he like he like chokes him against the wall, and the camera shakes. It's just like what? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was fun. Of all the like silly things in there, that's the silly thing that was like nice. That was a I cool guess. choice that I enjoyed. But okay, that's our thoughts on Obi Wan Kenobi, yep. the namesake yep. for our opening. Hello there. Oh yeah, doing the intros. Of course. If you would like to give your thoughts on the show, please email us at theboxoffice_show at gmail .com. Our main title theme is "Sundown" by Joseph McDade. Be sure to tune in next week. We're going to talk about Elvis and Lightyear. So stay tuned for that. Have a good one. Bye.